Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Albert styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely their fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Try the Superlight Tree Runner with a cushy foam midsole and breathable eucalyptus fiber upper. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. So, what can you do in a Superlight shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. This is TV worth talking about. Shrine Podcasts presents Dublin Murders. Ever since we started watching this show twice, so it was the day we went to watch it in the uh, Lighthouse Cinema, episode one, yeah. the preview screening. Yeah. And now today, my neck is in fucking bits. No, she can't <laughs> no, turn can't her head. Pain. I can't turn my fucking head to the left, friends. Just get her for a heat patch to I just go, I was in the Lighthouse in a way patch on. And I thought, <laughs> I was I was gonna gonna look, there's Killian. The first episode. Yeah, yeah. I said, there's Killian Scott. She, she couldn't turn her neck. And then him last night in bits with the neck on last night's episode. He dropped Heather on the ground. Uh, and then, the neck. And then I wake up with chronic neck pain. Oh, I'm sorry. You're a werewolf too. Am I in the book? <laughs> Am I Lexi? No, I now fully don't think that he's a werewolf. Well, I hope he's not. I do, like I'm all for like a little bit of supernatural. I will be appalled <laughs> if he's a fucking werewolf. I thought there was a there was a bit this week. I think it was in episode. Hold on, how many are we in? One, two, three, four. We're on six. In episode five, yeah. I think he was like kept going to go into the forest, and there was like a weird camera zoom in, zoom out thing at one point, and I was like, ah, here he could totally morph into a wolf right now, and I wasn't there for. I thought we're gonna see a bit of fur. Yeah. No, I thought I the two episodes this week were the two best so far. I loved, um, I loved, oh my God, why can't I get, so I loved three and five? What What happened in three? Um, <laughs> it's hard to differentiate the three episodes was when, when we watch found two out about week. Lexi, uh, about Cassie first being undercover for Frank in 2003. Yes. Yeah, oh, and yeah. she went to his little hideout. I loved that episode. And then I loved the most recent one. I must six. say. Six. I Sorry, found five I very hard to watch at times. Yeah, it was sad. But five I liked that we're yeah. starting to find out stuff. Yes. Both. But it's still mysterious. But I have to say, I think that putting on two episodes a week is maybe adding to the confusion. Yeah. Rather than and aiding. Because it's too much to take. Not too much. It's almost too much to take yeah. in. And I think... I'm. I, I thought I was confused. What I am is impatient <laughs> because you're given something that's not explained, and then maybe an episode or even two episodes later, they then explain what that. And so I'm just. I'm impatient. I'm not confused. I'm just not supposed to know what that means yet. Yeah, you're not meant to know everything when you're watching a crime drama. Yeah. Um. Should we introduce this podcast? <laughs> you probably should. So, um, it's Trime Podcast presents Dublin Murders. This is. Podcast episode number three. Yeah. Yeah. Covering episodes five and six. 
Yes. Yeah. yeah. That is it. Um, You're Brandon. I'm Brandon. Sorry. Hi. Yeah. I'm Hannah. And I'm Rebecca. Um, and this week in episodes five and six, we saw more about cute but creepy Daniel. Say that again. Cute but creepy Daniel. Oh, cute but creepy he yeah. is. He's kind of attractive. Little button nose. He's cute. Yeah. But I he's know. Creepy. But he's, you know he's tapped. Weird. No time for him. No. no time for anyone in that weird house. Um, it's so weird. Also, the mother in the shower. No. Oh my! <laughs> Every hair of my body stood up. I yeah. was terrified. I was when she, that noise when she heard that noise and then I was like oh what a disgustingly invasive thing to do to someone as well let alone your own daughter she's so she's creepy deeply disturbed um that's saw Cassie call Rob a coward oh boom that hurt my heart yeah but she need he needed it he Rob's needed reaction, it him crying in her empty apartment when she wasn't there she I was like I will lie across the ground and ball crying in the words of Jojo too little too late yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and my favourite part I think from both of these episodes was Cassie pretending to be Lexi really oh. yeah because I was like she is gonna get caught here caught rotten they and don't have enough. were just sweating. I just yeah. didn't find it convincing. Like, nothing to do with the acting or, the, I mean, the actual storyline. It's the like, ho- the whole, this, this yeah. is mad. Do man. you ever read a book and when you read the book, you're like, ah, yeah, that's real normal. But when you actually see it on TV, you're like, that is fucking mad. She isn't that person. Yeah, that's How what you were saying to me. do you embody every, somebody's mannerisms, all of their history? Your, you know when you friendships with someone, you've got so much yeah. private jokes them with the onions this week they're like oh yeah that's exactly how onions. I feel about it's onions guys like I swear you. it's like me giving you onions and you going oh I love onions is this like stranger than fiction like am I being written into this book your and then the things are the onion. neck <laughs> the way she feels about onions no this is nice my I'm sorry. neck my when they laid down my the full onions. Irish when they laid down the full Irish I was like you know me staunch vegan I was like she's going to talk into that sausage now and I bet <gasps> you Lexi was vegan that's what I kept thinking exactly oh my god it's like you handed me and Hannah bacon like a or full himself. turkey or, or Brendan staunch vegan <laughs> I'm not vegan no <laughs> Brendan no, just do you remember sorry for a second was, though the week that Brendan did actually try to go vegan and I swear to god he was then <laughs> bragging about it at the shop and all his little recipes all his plans and then I go upstairs to make cup of teas up there scraping the end of a <laughs> of Philadelphia like licking like, yeah, it's just like you know, I'm feeling much better, like not eating the dairy. I'm and like, oh, do like, they? Is that the? Do they put out a vegan brand of Philadelphia brand, and, or is that cream cheese you're licking out of a oh, tub? I love cream cheese. Love cream cheese. <laughs> Uh, no, I wasn't pointing at you to say you were vegan. I was pointing at you quietly <laughs> to go, are you doing the first recap? Yeah. Okay, great. Fab. I um, was like, oh, was it something I said? Lots to get through. Sorry, so. is this? How many pages is this? Guys. But no, she showed me a word count earlier. What was the word count? 3,900 words. I don't want to scare people off though. Like, <laughs> keep listening. But Can I tweet a photo of this? This is like, this is a dissertation. Oh no, I did throw in a few bits of notes. Just, you know, I want to see the side of this. Rebecca. Yeah, no, it's quite, it's quite big. It's like a burger. Uh, I did put in a few more notes and I have put in a lot of spaces for like paragraph breaks. Okay. Do you did know? you double space? Oh, Jesus, yeah. Just so I know when to pause dramatically. Okay. Oh. <laughs> like Insert. Asterisk, I put in little pause. notes for like drama. I'm like, okay. I'm oh, like, so do I. Yeah. Like I take my recaps very seriously. Very serious. I wasn't happy it's with mine two weeks ago now. So I, I thought it was great. I spent, I just, I didn't feel like it was up to scratch. You're being too hard on yourself. I rushed you are it, being guys. Too hard on yourself. 
I rushed our very it. own um, Jackie Laverty actually complimented your recap from that week. Uh, oh, sorry, Trish Laverty. Yeah, the, the, and guys, the Jackie, yeah, yeah, Trish from the office. Yes. yes Speaking yes. of creative writing, Brendan, what did you email us about oh, during yeah. the week? Jeb Mercurio is going. Is it a guest lecture up he in Queens and Belfast? Yeah, but I think creative I, writing. Yeah. Yeah. I um, don't know if he's doing like a, a series or if he's only doing one. I'm not sure. But we let me tell you. Blonde Marcella wig, grab a student ID, pull a Lexi, let's get up there. Absolutely. I'll be up there hiding behind a newspaper. I don't know about you guys, but that is just right up my street. I think you should I think we should get you a scholarship somehow. Yes. Just for one day. Can you get a scholarship for one day? Yeah, I don't we'll even want that yeah. off them. Jed, we coming for you. <laughs> Stunning. Just hide outside. Um okay, here with the recap of episode five. It's Rebecca. Hello, everyone. <laughs> I don't know why I feel awkward. I just do. Anyway, the episode opens with a flashback. Jonathan and Cahill are smoking slash loitering outside a corner shop as a young Margaret walks out. Cahill shouts, you're looking lovely today, Maggie. Meanwhile, Adam is on his bike watching the whole conversation and he's wearing his yellow T-shirt, which oh, I thought watching. was interesting. Mm-hmm. It's the bloody day, unless he wore the T-shirt twice. It is the day that it all happened, realistically. Meanwhile... Uh, back to the lads, right? So uh, she goes, Margaret goes, my name's Margaret. And Cahill replies saying, I was ca- I like calling you Maggie. It's my special name for you, Maggie May, or she may not. He then tells her that she's blushing and that it makes her look very pretty. He's an absolute creep. It's, it's just like, it's so uncomfortable this to watch. E- this probably needs a bit of a trigger warning. Like this episode is like hard to it is. watch. Uh, Margaret says that he thinks he's such a bad boy. And Carl says that every bad boy needs the love of a good woman to make him better. It's only the doctor who could make you better, Cahill Mills, Margaret says, as she turns and walks away. Jonathan asks whether he wants her dad to take the head off him. He's like, what are you doing? And then Cahill replies saying, she won't say a word. It's a bit of excitement for her. Mm. Mm. Uh, Adam's dad it's the first time we've seen him he then walks out of the shop and he hands Adam a piece of licorice and Adam says that he's like oh no those sweets make my tongue black mum's gonna find out and then his dad smiles and says keep your mouth shut around women and then you won't have to lie and then Adam takes the sweet and the pair head off and Adam's dad puts his hand on his back and that shot lingers I got weird like weird abuse vibes I'm getting a lot of a weird abuse vibes from lots of angles. Like, I thought that was yeah. a little, like, here's your favourite sweet, don't tell mom. And now here's a weird hand thing. I don't know. That's just weird. what I got from mm, that. Yeah, I don't know if I it that then uh, cuts to England in 2003, and Rob is sitting by his father's bedside. His dad's really unwell. He's on a monitor. He's either at home or in a hospice. I You can't really tell. Um, Like, he's definitely on his deathbed. He's not able to talk, and he tries to reach out his hand, and Rob just doesn't move and just stares at his hand. And then... That's um, because he abused him. That's what I read the whole thing. Oh, as. there's huge issues in, with that relationship. Like, he's obviously been made to go and say bye to him, but doesn't want to. And then um, Adam's mum cries, saying, take his hand, what's wrong with you? And he just says, don't call me that. And he looks coldly out the window. Is he not just pissed off because they sent him off to boarding school? No, there's more than that. I just got the vibe that the dad's a bit of a f- bit of a dodgy because character. The, the flashbacks that we saw before that though were of like the dad, like for his, and I think he would agree for his own good. You know, get him, get it, getting him away from is it Alicia, the yeah, um, Jamie's mother, Jamie's mum. So like, <laughs> excuse me, cough. He knew why 
he knew why they were bringing him away and it was for his own good. So yeah, maybe maybe something else has gone on and he's not just pissed off because of... That line that he said, the keep your mouth shut around women and then you won't have to lie. That was just such a weird thing mm. to say. Yeah, and that he wouldn't hold his hand. I just don't think he'd hold a grudge. Like there's very few things he'd hold a grudge to someone's deathbed about. Yeah. Do you get me? It needs to be... I just read that whole scene as there's abuse happening in that home. Yeah, we'll we'll hopefully find out more a bit more about that. Like, how did he? I want to know as well. How did Rob end up coming back to Ireland? Yeah, there's a huge, yeah, you know, that a, period of that when you're junk. a young adult into, you know, it, it, it's yeah, weird. and the the reaction to having um, sex with Cassie as well. He obviously has something going on about being touched. Yeah, whatever. Okay, yeah. we'll figure yeah. it out. Back in the present day, Rob waits for the lift in the office and when it opens, Cassie walks out. The pair stare at each other. Let's put a decent face on this, shall we, Rob says, and Cassie nods and says nothing. In the main room of the station, all of the feckin' lights are flickering. I mean, that would do me nothing. Yeah, Yeah, same. I actually was getting agitated. Yeah, and I was watching that be like, they're flickering for a reason. There's something to... Like, they're deliberately flickering. Lit. Uh, Cassie and Rob hold a very awkward meeting. They tell the team that Cassie is moving to work on the Lexi case. Quigley is not buying it. He just keeps staring at the two of them, being like, what is I like him more here? and more every week. Cracking the case, Quigley. are Quigley. Yeah. He's on to everything. Like, he sus Cassie and Rob straight away. Yeah. He's quick. So what, when he's... Yeah. What do you think? No, I was just going to say he sus Cassie and Rob, but he didn't sus... That Sam and Cassie, because he dropped... Yeah, later on in the thing. Yeah, I don't know if he was just being a... Yeah, he I thought he was just foot. being a dick. Oh, was he? Oh, I thought so. Okay, pretend that he didn't know Sam was with Cassie. Because I think that's common knowledge. I don't think that's a surprise. Oh, right, okay. And not a surprise, it's a secret. So, surprise! <laughs> so basically, Quigley's like, you're leaving. And then Rob's like, stop being so dramatic. You know, the whole... The stabbing in Glen She... In Glen Skehi? Glen Skehi. Glen Skehi. Is potentially it's linked with... It's fun to say, isn't it? Glen Skehi. Yeah. The Glen Gla- Skehi in. <laughs> so basically, he's like, the stabbing in Glen Skehi is potentially linked to Katie and Knocknery. Uh, then phone, link, we, they'd link out into Katie and Knocknery now. Yeah, guys, I don't think there's any link. I don't think there's any link either. two different books. It is Halloween tomorrow. Sorry, Winifred's out. Katie in like the last episode, I don't think she was mentioned. And... Where is Mrs. Fitzgerald? Yeah, no. Yeah. Get her back in. Come on. Yeah. Roll her out. <laughs> Love her. Um, so anyway, right, the phone rings then, quickly jumps up in the middle of the meeting, answers the phone, and he's like, listen, the three are ready to be interviewed. Uh, so Rob's leaving the room. He gets a bit ratty, and he's like, will someone fix that flickering light? And then when Cassie leaves, Quigley turns to his colleagues, and he's like, that was all total bullshit. It's a lover's tiff. That's what's going on. That's why she's leaving. I always said they were at it, and I was right. He's very observant. Very observant. He is. Quiggers. Cue the tense music. Carl Mills and Jonathan Devlin are both brought into two separate interview rooms at the station. I love the positioning of those rooms. Yeah, that shot was gorgeous, wasn't it? Mm. Yeah. So in another room, Rob shows the dance teacher, Simone, a picture of Carl, and she's like, they think this fella is the lad in the blue tracksuit. Simone is like, I don't recognize him. I'm certain I've never seen him before. Ever. Um, Rob then asks about the, the dynamic in the Devlin household and Simone says that Rosalind basically does everything. She mentions that Rosalind went away for a few days in May to visit a school friend and that she and Katie ended up having to look after Jessica and that Jonathan Margaret did fuck all. That's yeah. so sad and so abusive, isn't it's it? It's horrific. Uh, Rob then brings up, like, he's like, Margaret's sick though, like she's ill. And Simone's like, is she? 
I was like, oh. Uh, clearly. She's like, is she? She thinks she's putting it on. And why didn't Jonathan um, do that? And he says something wrong with him. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And then Rob's like, oh, do you think Rosalind and Katie were victims of sexual abuse? And Simone's like, from Jonathan? Oh, no, I never thought that. Not once. And then Simone reckons that Katie would have told her if anything like that was going on. And then Rob's like, you know, like, where has Jonathan taken Margaret and the girls now? And Simone's like, oh, Katie used to mention this caravan park. So that's setting up that whole caravan park thing later on. Yeah. Head. Meanwhile. Spend time there as a child myself. Where is it? Clara Head. Did you Brenton? Yeah. It's in Loud. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's in Loud, yeah. Yeah, oh no, I've never, no, I've never been cough going oh, around. Tickety cough, that's really, it's like not great, is water? it? You'd <laughs> nearly rather be in so much pain than have a tickety yeah. cough, wouldn't you? Just come on out of nowhere. I need a little cough bottle. Um, where were we? Robin Phelan then head into interrogate Cahill and he's a black eye and I was screaming at this. He goes, it was squash. <laughs> I'm sorry. That is so peak 2007 Dublin. Squash was huge. Was it, it? Yeah. I know people that played squash and they were all like posh side yeah. boomers. Yeah. Now just back to Jonathan and Simone for a second. See the way she's not having a, a blade of Margaret. Yeah. I think that's more, um, what's the word, proof that she might be having an affair with Jonathan. Yeah, or is in on something with Jonathan. Yeah, yeah, because I'm like, why weird. is he getting off scot-free? There's nothing wrong with him and it's his kid as well. So why is why is she like, and they did nothing, I, but, and it's kind of all on Margaret, you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm. yeah. Um, Rob and Phelan head in to interrogate Cahill. Yeah, so they're in there with them now. And Phelan's like, what about your meeting with Jonathan Devlin, uh, your friend from a long time ago? And Rob then asks Cahill why Jonathan hit him. He's like, why do you have a bleeding fucking ball on your face? Like, what is that? Well, that guy. He's really like well in these interviews. Guys, get it. I come Phelan. up with a name for them. Rob and Phelan. Reeling. <laughs> Reeling in the years I love them They're okay. a really he good duo Aren't they Such a good duo Because feelings besotted like, And Rob It's the only time Rob smiles He has such a man crush on him He yeah, does It's, oh, so it's so great acting as well Because he's a totally Different character In um, Sing Street Like Oh yeah Completely different character oh, Yeah He nearly plays a bully Yeah So um, Yeah it then cuts to Jonathan's interview and Jonathan says he doesn't remember why he hit Cahill. He says that he was upset. So they met up to speak about why Rob was basically pestering Cahill. That's why he says, that's what he says. He's like, we met up because Rob was pestering all of us. Um, Robin Phelan then asked Cahill where he was on the night of August 24th between midnight and 2am, which is the night that Katie was killed. And after being prompted by his lawyer, Cahill responds and says, he's, he's like, I was home in my apartment. And then Phelan's like, well, what about between midnight and 7.45 when Casey's body was on, moved onto the altar and Cahill's just like, I was at home. Mm. So Cahill has no alibi. Yeah. Who was he at home with? He'd be like, I'm at home with my wife. I was at home with my brother. I was at home with my housemate. He's just like at home. So. Mm. Sometimes you would just be at home though. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. You like would if be. you like your own time, you just wouldn't have an alibi. You'd be like, I'm an unsocial bastard. I was at home and nobody can vouch for me. I'm not going to lie. I do get nervous about that. Same. But you know what, though? They could probably, could you not be like, I was at home, look at the data on my phone or like look at me internet usage or me Netflix account or whatever. Yeah, you would now, but this is 2006. There was no Netflix. Look at me there was none of that, Brendan. Yeah. <laughs> oh, look at me, Flashbox. I gave her a love. <laughs> I posted that widget at 25 to 8, I swear. <laughs> I shared the love. Yeah. Uh, back to Jonathan. Rob asks what the nature was of the bond between him and Cahill. And Jonathan's like, there isn't a bond. Rob's like, where were you on August 16th, 1985? 
And then this bleeding line, the cinema, me, Cahill and Shane, the cinema, watching Porky's Revenge. Like, what is Porky's Revenge? Off. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Sounds like a porn. Do you remember, like, he used to learn the lines, was it in Irish? Irish. Like, the Mokanilock. Yeah, the Mokanilock. Yeah, the one, the, the past, present, future tense, past participle. I can read you out, literally, from my memory, it's, my Irish essay yeah. that I wrote for the Leaving Cert they, about the recession. It was said like something that was just reeled off and learned off. Uh, Rob. Learning. Yeah, it is. Rob then asks why Shane smashed his face against a wash basin during the second police interview in 1985. Cahill says no comment. Back in Jonathan's interview room, he says that Shane just did that sort of thing. He's like, that's that's just Shane all over. Um, Rob says... Oh, Marcella. Rob says that, uh, that in Shane's third interview, then his story was back on track and he's like to Cahill... You know, who got to him? What made him change? No comment, Cahill replies again. When asked where he was, Cahill says Porky's revenge, to which Rob points out that it's only according to Margaret. Rob then tells Jonathan that it's very significant that he ended up marrying his alibi. And he's like, how did that happen? Jonathan's like, oh, well, me and Margaret just got close. You mean you got her pregnant? You didn't really have a choice, Rob says, before bringing up that that he also got Sandra pregnant, but that he just left Sandra to deal with that whole situation. Rob asks whether he had a sexual relationship with his alibi to keep her close and quiet. Jonathan says he's a real prick. Uh, Rob then asks them both why they are lying about the disappearance of Jamie and Peter and tells Jonathan that the lie between him, Shane and Cahill is the reason that his daughter, Katie, is dead. Jonathan says the only one lying is Rob and that he doesn't know what he's doing. You're failing, he says. I think I'm getting close, Rob responds. After the interview, Jonathan and Cahill walk out of uh, each of their respective rooms and they spot each other. Oh yeah, you were right next door to each other the whole time. Didn't I say, Rob smirks. I loved that you could see that, you could see it coming when they were both leaving the interview rooms. Like he'd set it up deliberately just to... Rattle them. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we then see a flashback of Cahill saying the word jailbait to Jamie and telling Margaret that she's blushing. You haven't got shit, Cahill says, and his eyes pierce through Rob. I thought that he was going to finally crack that yeah. he was at him. Yeah, I I felt like Rob looked at him there terrified that he'd see oh. through him. I thought, he, fuck. I thought he saw that he was he at him. He knows. And then Rob starts, this is where his neck starts, so Rob starts cracking his neck then. Yeah. So the neck injury is definitely something to do with the memory yeah. of it all. As they walk down the stairs, feeling, God bless him, he eagerly is like to Rob, oh, that was really, I was really good. I really enjoyed doing the interrogation. And Rob basically walks on and smiles and is like, you did a good job feeling. Yeah. So I like that dynamic yeah, between the two of them. In the background, we see the four fucking trinners for winners, pricks, the four people, the Lexi's housemates. They're all sitting there waiting. Yeah, they're waiting to be interviewed at the station. It then cuts to a home video shot in 2005 of them entering their house for the first time. We're all gonna die, Lexi says. And the screen giggling. So I couldn't figure out that in that clip from the trailer last week. I was like, what on earth is going on? But Mm. that explains it. Um, Cassie and O'Kelly are watching the tape from behind the interview glass and they're staring at Frank who's in the interview room reading some notes and O'Kelly is like would you look at that prick hijacking my investigation to finance his own what's he got photos of the powers that be getting blowjobs from rent boys who how does he even think of this thing, these things feckin' disgrace lying to those kids about their dead friend it is pretty dodgy it is yeah, yeah it really is I can't believe it's illegal oh it's not they couldn't do that. That that wouldn't be done. Frank just gets off on this. I don't think this was the right thing to do. I think no, Frank I, just loves an undercover yeah, operation. I like I said last week, I don't think Frank is all above board. No, he's not. No. Oh. Okay, so tell me this, right? If she goes in, Daniel admits to the murder, mm. then that's all inadmissible in court. 
if what they're doing is illegal. So they bring that to court and they're like, right, what you have on him? Well, we sent her in there to pretend to be the dead one. And she found out this. Well, you can't do that. That's illegal. So you're going to prison and he gets off. No? No, mm. it's it's not illegal because if you're an undercover guard, you're an undercover guard. To pretend to be someone that's dead. Yeah, that That is, a, that is a definitely a moral question. <laughs> like, it is... Is there is, any Nyardi out there that can let us yes, know? Yes, can someone verify this for us? Um, it's Yeah, it's really weird. Um, so, so basically, Frank's waiting for them to walk in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There, okay, O'Kelly really doesn't like Frank. No, and no. we find no. out in episode six why. Yeah, sorry, we do actually, and that was a very flickering detail. We'll get on to that. Um, so basically, the four trainers for winners walk into the room, and Frank is basically starts questioning them, and he's like, "Listen, the good news is that Lexi is awake and she's talking, talking. Has she been able to say what happened?" Daniel yeah. says. Absolute freaks the four of them, aren't they? I'm yeah. sorry, I don't yeah. really like that term, but Jesus Christ. And Frank's basically like, no, she can't say what happened yet, but she will make more sense when she comes off the painkillers. So. Watch out, yeah. bitches. Watch out. Yeah. Behind the glass, O'Kelly is like to Cassie, are you sure you want to go undercover as Lexi? If you want to get out, just say the word and I'll get you out. And he said, there's fuck all that Frank can do about it. I loved that. I loved yeah. that level of protection. Like, I've got your back. We saw a bit of a more sensitive side to him, I think, in these two episodes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely more of a, like, I wouldn't call it a father figure, but, you know, a bit of a Ted. I think think, he's really likeable. He is. Bit of a Ted, yeah, totally agree. In the creepy student manner, O'Neill and his forensics crew are doing an extremely thorough investigation of the whole house, including Lexi's room and the garden. Steps three and seven. Yeah. Back to that later. <laughs> in the interview room, Frank shows the four students pictures of a number of suspects in the Casey investigation and asks about the late night walks that Lexi used to go on. He also asks if she was seeing anyone. And one of them is like, oh, if she was seeing someone, she would have told us. But uh, Cassie spots that Abigail knows something. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. After, we see Cassie watching the home video, watch Cassie watching the home video and practicing how to mimic... Lexi's mannerisms and Frank points out that they all had identical identical cover stories and that none of them asked any questions about potential suspects or leads or evidence or anything like that because they all know what happened yeah I'm it's like when someone's like if you go Lexi's dead and someone just goes oh okay and they're not like what happened to her how did she die where yeah. was she found utterly convinced that one or more of them stabbed her Operation Lexi is born, Frank says. Cassie points out that Abigail knew that Lexi was pregnant and the others don't have a clue. I love this fucking life, Frank says. He does love it, doesn't he? He He loves it. Absolutely loves it. Like the way we love vegan sausage rolls. Exactly. Like, loves it. Down the country, Rob makes his way towards the Devlin's mobile home. And I need to ask this, guys. How do they have a holiday home when Rosalind doesn't even have a bra? (laughs) (laughs) How? Uh, When he arrives, Margaret's in the caravan alone. Can I just say, you answered your own question to me today. So will you be making that point later on? Because it was very clever. What did I say? Do I need to remind you? Yeah. Well, we haven't got to that bit yet, so maybe when we get to it, I'll just write a note down and remind me because I say so much shit. Intelligent shit. I, I, no, it's not intelligent. I just say so much shit. I don't even know. Sometimes. Like you solved why she doesn't have a bra. Oh, oh come. Yeah, yeah, you did. I did. Okay. Yeah, I did. Um, so when Rob arrives, Margaret's in the caravan. Rob's like, I need to talk to you about Jamie Roan and Peter Savage, and she says she remembers. She says she remembers them and the evening of August eighteenth. 1985 she repeats that same story the same spiel word, cinema call Jonathan Shane in the lobby getting popcorn sounds so rehearsed yeah um, 
Rob asks where she was when they asked her to lie for them. Mm-hmm. And going in on a different angle now. Where were you in? Yeah, and it's like they met her at the shop. We saw that shop scene for a reason. So hopefully next week we'll see what happened after that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, because he's just like you didn't see them at the cinema. Yeah. Um, and he asks her whether she's tired of covering up the truth. Margaret has tears in her eyes. She's like holding her mouth shut. You, like yeah, like that. She looks like she just wanted to just give it all up and just admit everything. Yeah, and she goes, I went to buy popcorn, the same spiel, and she turns the TV back on, and Rob vows to get the truth, and when he leaves, Margaret's lip quivers, and she presses down so hard on it that it bleeds. Yeah, that was gross. Also, I googled the film that they kept saying, because I'm like, what are they talking about? Porky's what film Revenge. Is it? Yeah, it's a teen sex comedy, and I just thought that was interesting. Obviously not the comedy element, but the teen sex element. I don't know how well it would have dated, like whether it will be deemed inappropriate now. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I was kind of reading the synopsis and it doesn't sound great. Right. Yes. Yeah. Um, Rob then walks along the coast and he finds Rosalind and Jess at the swings and he shows Ros a picture of Cahill and she's like, I don't recognise him. So no one seems to bloody recognise Cahill. Does the man in the blue suit even exist at this no, stage? No, I, I, oh, I have a massive question mark over that. Damien yeah. is the, that's, all from Damien, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think we're wasting our time there. No. Uh, Rob asks her who he's like, who was the friend that you visited in May? And Rosalind says that it was someone from school. Rob questions whether it was a boy or a man. Rosalind replies, A boy, when I look like this, I, I was just a girl I know from school. Um before she heads off, Rob hands her a phone and he says that his number's in it and that it's all paid for. And he tells her to ring him anytime, day or night, whether she remembers something or just wants to talk. My I know, I feel so bad heart. for her. I know, it's Broke. really sad. Back in the estate, Jamie's mum, Alicia, is in her sitting room telling the journalist fella that Katie Devlin was murdered by someone who knows the estate and knows the woods. She says that the man they saw at the dig was Adam and that he walked out of the woods without a mark on him and he knows what happened to Jamie and Peter. And then when the journalist is like, Adam was a kid himself... Yeah. It's just like, uh, she says the kids can be brutal and that Adam is a grown man now who knows the estate and knows the woods and she's basically just like, find Adam. She is There's so no stopping her. shook from that still. Horrific. And understandably so. It's yeah. the not knowing. Yeah. But she, I think that she, uh, when we find out like later in this episode that um, uh, Adam, you know, he said mm-hmm. that Adam's dead. Yeah. She's like, no, he's not. No, she, she A mother's instinct. Yeah. A mother's yeah, instinct. An instinct, yeah. In the middle of the night, Adam drives to the woods. He looks petrified as he attempts to piece together what happened all those years ago. He gets out of the car, walks toward the entrance, and it all gets way too much for I him. I found this really creepy. He runs really back and creepy. drives off. He just can't. He's getting close now. He knows that his memories are starting yeah. to be unwrapped. Yeah. You know, it's all coming out now. I have to say, I've been the acting in this episode of all of them so far. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. And the writing in this episode was amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it really was. Um, and at the station then, O'Neill tells Frank and Cassie that the, there was blood found on one of the trees beside the weird creepy student house and that someone has washed it away with detergent. Yeah, and I need you to explain this to me because I was doing my recap and it comes back up. Is that is that where Lexi was stabbed? Yes. To presume? So, and so, O'Neill, so O'Neill says then he goes, Lexi was stabbed at that tree. So he, she was stabbed outside the house, guys. But did we not see a video, or did we not see footage of her up in the ruins, up near Knocknaree, on the phone, 
pacing around. She was pacing there, but I think they stabbed her there and brought her up there or something. She seemed fine, though. There would have been dr- a, a blood trail as well, wouldn't But there? I think she wasn't stabbed when she was up there. I think that they just she was meeting someone up there or something like that. And then they brought okay. her back up. I think they stabbed her and put her there so people think that it's to do with the person she was meeting there and not them. Yes, Because if she was found yeah. stabbed in their house, they'd be like, did you stab your friend in your house? Just found and did you there. wash the tree with detergent? Yeah, with detergent. Like, watch it with bleach, duh. Also, guys, sorry. <laughs> Tan a French and another tree. Yeah. What's going on? Loves the tree. Guys. That's my first question if I ever, ever, ever got to meet her. Loves the tree. Um, Cassie uh, goes after... Oh, sorry. No, we are. Sorry. No, Neil tells him about the detergent in the tree. He leaves then. And Cassie runs after him in the stairwell. And she's like, listen, I just want to clear the air. She's like, things didn't work out between us, but we need to be professional. And he's like, fuck you, Cassie. And fuck Rob too. And he's like, now that it's not done you much good either way. And she's like, how do you know, basically? Um, like, she doesn't say, how do you know? She's like, how do you... Like, how does he bleed now? Quickly. Quickly. Yeah. O'Neill looks heartbroken and he says he's got to carry on working with them. So fuck you, Cassie. Yeah. Fair. Oh, he looks so sad. I know. He he's got so such hurt. a nice face. So well. awful. Yeah. And he really was about nice to tell her that he loved her. He seems like a lovely, lovely, lovely guy. Like a big bear. Yeah. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's lovely. He'll find a nice Great girl cuddles. now. Great She's cuddles. not for him. It's all right. Yeah. Back at the creepy caravan park, Rosalind heads towards the showers. She places the phone that Rob gave her in her wash bag. In the caravan, Jonathan tells Margaret that he got her a prescription. And whose fault is it that I have to take them? She asks. What is she taking? Is it antidepressants or... Uh, yeah, I don't know. Because also it's interesting the way that he went off to get the prescription. Yeah. Now, can we just put an asterisk beside the wash bag, please? The wash bag. I love an asterisk. Okay. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah, but I love that line. Whose fault is it that I have to take them? Yeah. Yeah, because you lied about being in the cinema, getting popcorn when they are watching yeah, Porky's Revenge. And also, so much pressure. it's an ambiguous question because whose fault is it? Yeah, it's John's fault, but who else's? Do you know mm. what I mean? We're still figuring that out. Mm. At the station, the journalist catches Rob as he's leaving and shows him the front page interview with Alicia Rowan of the paper. He asks about Adam, obviously. Rob tells him to fuck off and stop derailing his investigation. And he says it into the microphone. Yeah. yeah, He's mm. having a mare. Oh, wait, Rob is, this whole episode is just getting worse and worse because the memories are starting to click into place. In the shower, Rosalind is scrub-a-dub-dubbing when she hears a noise behind the curtain. Well, you, you've just turned an extremely creepy scene much lighter. Scrub-a-dub-dub. Scrub-a-dub-dub. No, guys, because I was so petrified. Yeah. I'm sorry. I actually jumped. I was like, I, I can't deal with this. It. Yeah, it's awful. Uh, and like a scene from The Shining, the mum bolts the curtain open and she won't let her close it. Rosalind screams for Margaret to get out. But instead, Margaret gets in under the bleeding water and wets half of her head. No, it's, the, it's, it's when horrific. Her, her face is coming through I the water. I thought she was going to kill her. I don't know what I thought, but to... I just think about that situation, how invasive it is and how fucking traumatised you'd be after that happened. Like, you're in the shower, you're yeah. so vulnerable. And it's not just some random person, it's your fucking mother who you do everything for. I just couldn't. That affected me. Yeah, it was really disturbing. I never wanted you, she whispers before she leaves the room fully clothed and soaking wet. It was absolutely terrifying, horrific to watch, just disturbing. Back in Frank's lair. Can we go back to that for one second? Oh, yeah. Like, was she sexually assaulted then? That's the same day. Margaret sexually assaulted? Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, her and Jonathan did not make a baby true love and then you go on to treat that baby 
like that. So. Yeah, I do. I I definitely think Margaret. There's a another part well. of the day, and yeah. we're going to find she's a victim out. in a different car, whatever. If it's the same, you know, Carl's I mean? baby, it's Jonathan's baby. Like there's something with Rosalind there. I think, and there's a reason they got her to stay quiet and be the alibi. And there's a reason Jonathan married her and not Sandra Scully, another girl that he got pregnant. Yeah. So the pregnancy wasn't Guys, the reason I for think marriage. Sandra Scully got pregnant from a rape of that Cahill raped her. I think Sandra Scully got got uh, went to England with the baby that. From Cahill. From Cahill. Okay, fair yeah, enough. I Fucking think so. hell. Uh, and that's Heavy why stuff. I think she's like, your one Mrs. Fitzgerald doesn't know anything. Yeah. She's like, she has it all wrong. Okay, good um, point. Back in Frank's lair, he tells Cassie that none of the students have a history of violence apart from Daniel March. It is a lair. Yeah. It is a lair. Uh, he says that Raphael Lahiri's parents own a load of hotels and that he spent all of his allowance on cocaine. He's clean now, thanks to Daniel. Justin <laughs> Mannering spent his childhood pinballing between two people who hate each other and then both of his parents got remarried and get, didn't really give a shit about him. Abigail Stone was the subject of a care order before she stepped out of the, out of the womb. Her mum's fucking insane and her whole life has been chaos, but she worked really hard and she got a scholarship for Trinity and that's how she met Daniel. So nice. we know a bit of background. They're all people who come from, like, what's the word? Traumatic pasts. Yeah. And Daniel's definitely preyed on them. Oh, it's and like that's a why he cult. controls them, because mm-hmm. they're all... They're each other's family now, very but vulnerable. closer to a cult it's than a family. It's a creepy house. There's yeah. a leader. There's yeah. a... Do you know what I mean? There's a clubhouse. It's weird. Frank then stares at a photo of Lexi, Daniel, Abigail, Raphael and Justin and he says that it reminds him of a photo of O'Neill and Cassie in Cassie's flat. She looks at him the way he looks at you, proper love or whatever it is, but Daniel's not looking at her, he's looking at Lexi and she should scare you, as in Abigail should scare you. Because Abigail's with Daniel, but Daniel loves Lexi. Yeah. So watch out for Abigail because she probably stabbed you, is what Frank is saying in that. Right. Meanwhile, Rob heads into Damien's house. Jesus, he's back trying to help the investigation. And he sees the paper on the kitchen table, which is the story that the journalist did with Jamie's mum. And he just turns it over one side. Uh, He starts seeing flashbacks. Oh, wait, no, sorry, guys. Oh, sorry, I lost my place. Sorry. Rob is like, Damien, we need to go right now. There's a female guardie outside your house and she's going to look after your mum. We need to go right now. So Rob is like on one. We can see that he's getting extremely agitated yeah. even in the kitchen in the house. Yeah. Um, elsewhere, Cassie gets a full makeover. Uh, tattoo, circle on her wrist, nose piercing, fringe, all while seeing flashbacks of the night that, of the car crash that killed her parents like and meeting fully, Lexi for the first time. Fully in it for the job. You know, yeah, she, she is. She is in it for the job. But she, yeah, she's seeing Lexi again. I, uh, yeah, mm. I still am. Um, uh, did you see, you know, that scene in the next episode coming up with her Even auntie? Even more confusing. Even more confusing with the Lexi situation. Um, in the woods, mm. Rob asks Damien to identify the man in the blue tracksuit and where he was standing. He gets really aggressive. He sticks a photo, photo of Cahill onto a tree and he tells him to close his eyes. And when Damien's like, no, what are you doing? He puts his hand over Damien's eyes and is like, stop pissing about and look at this person. Damien's like, I don't know if if that's the guy I saw. I can't tell. Like, he's really distressed. Do we think he made him up? <sighs> I don't know. I think he thinks he was trying to help or something. And Does the, the, 
Dr. Hanley has more to do with that whole situation than... Yeah, Dr. Mm. Hanley, that yeah. might have been a scapegoat. Something, mm. everyone's lying, basically, about something. I think everyone has something to hide. Yeah, because yeah. Hanley was not too far away from that conversation, oh, keeping yeah. an Lurks eye, wasn't in he? this yeah. week, fully clothed this time. <laughs> um, and he tells Rob that he's out of line. He's like, I'll drop Damien home. You're out of line. You need to stop. Back yeah. off. Uh, Rob then gets a phone call from Rosalind, who asks to meet him, right? No, so, boy. You know, this is actually awful. Rob goes to the... It's probably the pub in the caravan park, isn't it? It is. Like that, yeah. yeah. It was not very busy. Anyway, she is all dressed up to the nines. I'm talking bodycon skirt, tight top, lingerie underneath, all while sipping on a glass of white wine. And he's like, what has happened? Like, what is going on with you? She looks great, by the way. Um, Shoulders are out. A little off the shoulder number. Yeah, gorge, but disturbing. And she, she's like, he's like, what's wrong with you? And she says nothing. And she kind of just sits down beside him and strokes his leg. Kind of his leg crotch. I don't know. It was, yeah. And he's like, Jesus Christ, absolutely not. He's absolutely horrified. Um, and then she starts crying and she's like, I get everything wrong. I'm so sorry. I thought that when you asked about boyfriends and gave me a phone that you were interested in me. Now, when I say my heart broke, yeah, this is awful. one of the saddest things. Loneliness just gets me. That is just so Yeah, she sad. doesn't have any friends. She doesn't have yeah. anyone. But she, she doesn't have anyone socially to tell. sister's been killed. Like, she's not reading social cues correctly because no one's ever given her the time. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. To even know in her own age. Her parents are fuck, fucked up. Like, and that was just so sad. And she's basically like, I don't know who I am or what I'm doing without Katie. And she's like, I miss her all the time. And this is kind of the only time in the episode, guys, that anyone said anything about Katie. Yeah. Do you know that way? really mentioned and at she's, all. And she's basically like, I'm losing my mind and I feel like I've been left behind. Now in her... <coughs> Sorry, the tickly cough. In her defence, he did hand her the phone. It was all a bit hush-hush. He, he did, did stroke her arm. He stroked her arm and he's like, you know, if you need anything at all now, you call me, you know, any time of the day or night. Uh, no, I can totally see why she got confused. Yeah. But I think he sees himself in her. Yeah, us watching it with all the knowledge from every angle can clearly see. But like... I can see how she definitely took that up wrong. And someone who doesn't have a lot of experience in the world. Oh, I can totally see how, how she got it wrong. That's what made it so sad. Yeah. Because uh, it was yeah. pure innocence. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so she gets ready to storm off and he grabs her and he's like, I also got left behind. My best friend vanished. And he's like, I completely understand. And she's basically like, why did you ask me about boyfriends? And Rob explains this because he thought that she was lying about staying with a school friend. She says she was lying, but she's going to change out of her clothes first and take off her makeup and then she'll tell him. El Elsewhere, Frank is making Cassie brush up on her shooting skills. Uh, they're shooting targets like proper, I don't even like know. Like a gun range. She did like, quite well. Yeah, she did. Mm. Back at the pub, Rosalind explains that she doesn't have any friends. She's like, I went to Dublin and stayed in the cheapest hostel that I could find because basically Jessica got her period and she didn't know how to look after herself and it got way too much for her. So she snapped. She just couldn't do anymore. She just found it all too much. So fucked up, guys. And she said that she went to the hostel and was completely horrific, so she just went home and got on with things after that. And Rob's just like, okay, I understand, like, you know, I'm sorry about your sister, I understand. Mm -hmm. Um, Back at the station, Rob walks out of the lift. Was there a bit more, was that the point where he was like, no, I really understand? Was this still in the the bar? Yeah, he's like, I'm sorry about your... She, she goes, I'm left. sorry about you being left. Yeah. She goes, I'm sorry about your friend. And he goes, I'm sorry about your sister. And Yeah, and he, but I felt like at that point he was like, 
I felt like he was on the verge I thought he was going to tell her of telling her I think Rosalind I think he will tell Rosalind yeah. if their relationship continues yeah. at that level because I think yeah. he needs someone to talk to and he doesn't have Cassie he, anymore I think he so very nearly told her there oh yeah he's like I really understand about being left behind and who would she tell do you know what I mean he can trust her yeah the only three people in her world are her mom, her dad who she hates and hates her and Jess yeah I'm like, did, but like, is he secretly onto her about something and does he think that she switched to twins and that, do you know what I mean? I'm like, is Rob being like, is Rob double bluffing? No. Maybe not. Or I don't overthinking it all. Probably. Yes. But I just, I tried to sneak him in, Joe, but I don't think he's in the headspace for that No, right I felt now. genuine emotion between the two of them. Yeah. They have a, definitely have a common ground. Mm-hmm. Um, Back at the station, Rob walks out of the lift and he's greeted by a hostile O'Neill and Quigley. When the door closes, Quigley, like an Egypt, asks who dumped who. He's like, oh, do you think Rob dumped Cassie or Cassie dumped Rob? And O'Neill is like, I'm just so bored of you talking shit. Like, stop. In the office, O'Kelly asks Rob why he told a journalist to fuck off on tape and says that it makes them all look like Egypt's and they can't do their job properly. O'Kelly says that... Fair. The journalist has started a find Adam campaign hashtag find Adam uh, but Rob shuts it down and says that Adam is dead oh, I did not see this coming bit of campaign journalism no there. guys I'm sorry that lie was just like plucked out ready to go fresh from the oven just killed him off yeah but like if anyone even takes Rob's phone records and realises he's never rang New Zealand he's never looked into anything yeah. that's yeah. a big big lie that you can't back up he just knows they're so close now. People are like, where is Adam? Even though I don't know why they weren't doing that at the start. Most obvious person to go to. Can, you, just, ima- can you imagine though, like being Rob and sitting in that room, talk like to actually put yourself in that mind for a minute, like telling that lie, sitting in the room, knowing that's you, you would be sweating. Like you would be looking at people like he did when they came out of the interview room, looking at him going, oh my God, he can see that it's me. Like, But on then he goes to... Yeah, I know you're about to recap an era, but he goes to Alicia. Yeah. yeah. Jamie's mother and tells it to her face. How, How does she not recognise? I can't believe that she hasn't recognised him yeah. though because she seems to have that sense Intuition, about the whole thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so Rob's like, listen, it was confirmed in the last hour. He wrapped his car around a tree in New Zealand. O'Kelly is like, what else have you got in the case other than a bunch of people telling the same story that they have been for the past 20 years? Rob says that Shane is the key, but O'Kelly is like, listen, he has mental health issues. He's homeless. He's going to be seen as unreliable in court. O'Kelly says the whole case is probably going to be cracked by the first thing that he saw, which I kind of loved that. Yeah. What was the first thing we saw? What do you mean? You know, O'Kelly's like, it's going to, it's probably going to be the first thing you noticed weird about the whole thing. It's going to be your answer Sorry, to crack the whole I case. I remember this and I remember thinking it was really cool advice. Yeah. And then he's like, son, go home, get some rest. I have faith in you. And that's when we saw that other softer side to O'Kelly. Yeah, in the situation. What was the first thing that he noticed, though? See, we don't, we don't know, know, but he just means what's the first thing he saw in the case? Go back, think. The altar? No, have we not? No. Oh, you know, I don't know if that's actually a right. A me- yeah, like if he's just saying it's a probably, clue or yeah, yeah. I get what you uh, mean. Back at Frank's, he's making Cassie drink loads of green juice. He's like, "Listen, you need to be a rake." Um, and he asks her loads of questions about the house, uh, about the stairs creaking. You know which drawer the cutlery is in and Cassie knows her shit Lexi's phone then rings and a man's voice says Lexi you're alive who was it and she's like listen I can't remember and then the man asks whether she said anything about him and she's like no no I didn't like she does do an undercover very well yeah a bit like our Kate Fleming 
Absolutely. Yeah. Not far off. Oh, no. And he's like, listen, Lexi, are we still on? And she's like, yeah, we sure are. And then he's like, listen, I have to dump this phone so you'll hear from me or whatever. Like, meet you on your Guys, walk. Guys, Marcella or, got know. an undercover in season three as well. Yeah. Oh, we love an undercover female, undercover female. Uh, Cassie then realises, she's like, I know the number that just called Lexi's phone. Uh, so she goes to meet Rob at the station in the stairwell and she tells him that the number that called Lexi was the same one that made threats to Jonathan Devlin about Katie's life. Mm-hmm. Remember, he's like, that's a nice daughter you got there yeah um, Rob says that it's no longer a focus of the investigation he's been very hostile and he's like I know what I'm doing and then Cassie is like listen you actually have keys to my house put them in the door and she's like by the way Sam knows about you and me and Rob's like oh he never said anything to me he must have weighed it up his ambition versus your honour he chose ambition wise I wanted to slap the face oh, off. He's a sh- he's oh, uh, and she's like, "Are you like this with all women, or is it just me?" And Rob replies that all women are the same when it comes down to it, and that she's no different to any other woman, and that he's fr- disappointed. Like that is disappointed. A lie out of his mouth. She is. What did he say? You're no different to any other woman. Yeah, yeah, she is to you. She mate. is the You're woman. Mad about her. Oh, listen, hon. She then walks right up to his face. Like, she's like, stares him straight into his soul. And she's like, coward. Which I think was a really brave thing of her to say. Yeah. Because that's her. Coward. I know you love me. I know that I am the only one who knows the real you. Guys, see what I mean about the acting and the writing this episode? Like, come on. Like, like one word, she just said coward. Coward. And she meant so much. And guys, the hurt on his face. Yeah. His face, the word. I couldn't even see it. His face admitted it. He was just, like, he may as well have said, his yeah, whole demeanor changed. Can't. I'm not able. Yeah. Between the sexual assault scene in the woods, the scene with Rosalind in the pub when she was dressed up in this, and I was like, oh God, I don't know which one is upsetting me more. I just kept getting these. I really care about the characters. Now, yes. I always cared, but now I really, after this episode, so felt very invested. emotionally invested. Yeah. Uh, that night at the station, the flickering light is really getting to Rob. Oh, he's trying to crack that case. Uh, so he decides to crack open the light. And then he lifts his hand up and he loads of ivy grabs him. Is it ivy? Some sort yeah. of plant. Some botanist can tell us that. So the ivy grabs hold oh, of his arm. All the botanists that tune in. Oh, all the botanists. The botanists and the guardy. He then sees flashbacks of 1985. Cahill calling Jamie jailbait. Sandra Scully in the woods. And himself, Jamie and Peter hiding. Watching someone or something. We kind of saw the first glimpse of that scene mm-hmm. coming up then. Uh, he then grabs the coat rack, as he do, smashes it right through the feckin' bulb. Smashy, smashy. Rob then drives back to the woods. So this is now, like, it's all coming back to him now. It's Celine like Dion style. Celine Dion. You know when you have a word on the tip of your tongue and you're gone mad, but imagine that with a memory that's so important and you're like, it's fucking right there. right there. I just need to pull it out. Like he's hugging trees. He's in the woods. He's lying on the ground with clothes on top of him. Like he's the, yeah, doing yeah, everything he can to try and pull it Triggered. out. But you can really feel his frustration. Yeah. And I think that's really good. Yeah, because his memories are flooding back and he sees his younger self circling the car, leading him down the path. He goes into the woods this time and he keeps recalling the moment Cassie mouths the words, coward. Mm-hmm. That's really sticking in his head. He visits the tree where he was found clinging on to all those years ago, he starts to hold it and he gets into the same position that he was found in. He then sees it all very clearly. Himself, Jamie and Peter are in the woods and they overhear Cahill ask Sandra to close her eyes and see if she can tell if it's Jonathan that's kissing her. Um, The three kids start to hide then and they watch the situation. Sandra agrees, but she's like, listen, no tongues and no grabbing. Shane kisses her and she's like, oh, that was definitely Shane. Then Jonathan and then Cahill, but 
Cahill gets forceful. He grabs her boob and he pushes his tongue down her throat. So it, this is where we, like I was like, oh gee, like this is, yeah, yeah this is bad. Um, Sandra pushes him away and she's like, I said no tongues and no grabbing. And Cahill says that Jonathan's always like, oh, well, Jonathan says you love it. And he's like, you're a cock hungry whore. Um, and when she pushes him, he gets back up. But then he pushes her to the ground and grabs her legs. And he tells Jonathan to grab her arms. Shane looks like Shane's just standing there not. He's like, looks absolutely horrified. Carl tells Shane to hold her legs. Um, and Shane is like, stop. But by the time Shane's telling him to stop, mm. he's already ripped her tights. And he's like, Jonathan, it's your turn after. Jonathan holds down her arms and Cahill takes off her skirt and Sandra is crying, begging for them to stop. Rob, well, Adam, lies down. No, it is Rob. He lies down by the tree and gets another flashback of Cahill chasing them in the woods. So now we know why the kids were running in the woods and how he got lost from them. Yeah. Um, and he's like, why can't you remember? And he's holding his torch all around the pitch black woods. Um, he then sees Sandra, it's kind of in his memories, but in the woods, running through uh, the woods alone, crying after her, the assault. Um, and then he sees a pair of shoes fill, filling with blood. Mm-hmm. Um, he hears voices in the trees calling his name and laughing. Who's there, he shouts before he runs back to his car, traumatised. Poor Sandra. I can't. How yeah, does Sandra really stay in that disturbing. estate? Do it was really hard to watch. Uh, it was really hard to watch. It was horrific, and ye- but it, like I now John, we can understand what would get kids killed. It's because they witnessed a violent crime happen. Yeah. Yeah. So now do we kind of know how... Uh, that's what ge- I'm Yeah, thinking. we kind of know how they could have died. We don't know who yeah. necessarily killed them or how they died. But now we can see that there was a motive and that, yeah, th- yeah. there's more to that whole story. And they were chased by Cahill. So we yeah. have those two facts. Yeah. yeah. Elsewhere, Lexi is at Frank's packing all her stuff and she puts a gun in her bag. Rob drives straight to Cassie's house. He knocks on the door and then he eventually lets himself in with the key that she asked for for back um, in the sitting room he calls her phone and then he hears a vibrate in her bedroom he goes in but she's nowhere to be seen she's gone uh, Rob leaves her a message he's bawling crying he's like Cassie come back I've something I want to tell you it's Rob and the tears are just streaming down he just lies, is on her bed alone um, Frank drops Cassie off at the creepy student house he says that he's going to meet her in the lane each night when she goes on her walk Lexi's four mates are waiting for her at the door the four trainers for winners and she's like oh get me away from that prick trying to play her part as they hug her and she enters the creepy student house. My nerves when she was walking in there, I was just like, you are going to be caught. Straight away. Rabbit. And caught with the scene that she's gone. She left her phone in the bedside locker. I was like, Rob's lost her. Like yeah. She's walked into she that she's walked mansion into and she won't come back the same. Such I just a felt horrific situation. Yeah. Yes, there was a lot in that episode. It was that a was lot. brilliant. It was a very oh God, guys, listen. It was a very dialogue heavy. It was action packed in a way, but in a way, it was like we. It definitely gave us the clarity that I think that we were craving last yeah, week. We definitely more. got more answers. Yeah, yeah I loved the two episodes this week. Yeah, because yeah. they just like that. I think we care about the characters so much now. They're so affecting. I just felt so many emotions watching it. Like mm. I was just really into you it. You can understand why everyone is the way they are. Yeah, but that's good though because it means yeah. we can start to predict, you know, people's reactions without being ridiculous. Because yeah. we can be like, we know the so character. We don't, so I well don't now. think Rob's a werewolf anymore. Thank Things God. like that. <laughs> so will we talk about that, or will we just go straight into the next? And I don't know. I don't. Let's let's move on. Will we? 
I Unless think you have so. to say about that. No, I think with that episode, it was really setting us up for the next one, if you get me, obviously. Yeah. But yeah. It, it was giving us that midpoint between like Cassie and Lexi. Now she's fully into the Lexi in this episode. Exactly. Yeah. In episode six. Okay, well, let's okay. get straight into it then. Yeah, okay. so here's Hannah with a recap of episode... Six. Thank you. Episode six opens. It's Dublin 2004. This is a new timeline. Cassie eats food with her auntie who appears to be dying of cancer. It's just the two of them. Cassie's aunt asks, did I do right by you with your little friend, your Lexi? She's distressed and regretful and apologises to Cassie for getting a priest in over her little made up friend. Cassie comforts her and says, I've forgotten all about Lexi, not thought about her for years. Now we know that's a lie. Yeah. The timeline changes and we see Rob comfort Cassie in an empty sitting room. They're both wearing black. Her auntie's funeral had just ended. Rob offers to take Cassie to the pub to get her a whiskey. He waits outside the house as Cassie takes in the empty room one last time. Lexi, are you there? She asks before turning to leave. She locks the door and then Lexi appears in the pink hallway. Now that hallway, the whole thing is pink. Mm. I just thought that was there for a reason. I thought that it was really interesting that Cassie and Rob have known each other for as long, like, since her aunt died. So 2003 was when Cassie was the Garda. Yeah. That's when she went went undercover with John for Frank. Now, I presume then that in 2004 she'd gone undercover successfully and been put on murder squad and that's when she met Rob. Yeah. Mm. They're a very close relationship mm. even then. Well, very close for yeah. straight away. Yeah, very oh, close. I'm like, that, I'm just like, how long do you know each other if you're over in the aunt's house? I mean, after she died, you know, helping you clear it all out. It just is very, I'm like, where, is to, where are they to get? I don't know. Don't I'll know. be was damned. Was that the first ride that we saw? Do you know what I mean? I know we didn't see I it. Th- I think that was well, the first ride. more of that in the, in, in this one tonight? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'll tell you about it now. Um, so here's what I think about that while we're chatting about it. I think, A, they've known each other for years. Mm-hmm. I'm giving that option a 30%. B, I'm giving a 70% likelihood. You're waiting all this. I'm waiting it. They didn't know they knew each other. So they have this instant connection. Because as she in, is Jamie. She's Jamie. Do you know what I mean? Do you think she's Jamie? I think uh, they have yeah. a bond from childhood yeah. and they maybe do, don't know that they do. Guys, she's that can't be Jamie. Look. Okay. They're very close. You yeah, know, mm. I've an, I've a good theory I found online for this later. Do on. you want to tell us later? Yes. Okay. The credits roll. Frank slash Nidge. So for anyone that doesn't watch, hasn't seen Love Hate, Frank's character is literally using the same accent as Tom Von Lawler's famous Love Hate character, Nidge. I'm interchanging the names here because I can't tell. Yeah, it. he's slightly less rough in this one. Do you reckon? Yeah, I think he's a bit posher. He's a little bit posher, but the I accent mean, posh now is a. V- I'm using that term very loosely. Well, he's not y- using his posh Tom Von Lawler natural accent. No, because he I is fucking love posh, him. He's posh. world class. I, I give him an Oscar. Can I say that you say? I'm literally world like, class. he's gonna have. I'm telling you, he's gonna have his movie moment. But well, he's already he in like I Avengers in, Endgame yeah. and all that. He needs his bleeding Oscar movie. He's getting one. Give him the role. Yeah. His, like for anyone that doesn't know, like his real life accent matches the double barrel surname. Yes, very very posh. Same with um. Killian Scott. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Two posh boys. Okay. Fra- we're on page one of nine, so we need to get going. Okay. Frank watches the Trinity Student Accommodation House through a pair of binoculars. Meanwhile, Cassie wakes up from her first sleep as Lexi. Also, I'm interchanging the names Cassie and Lexi in this, so if it gets confused, let me know. Okay. Do you know what I mean? They're the same person. They're name. the same person. Yeah. So, yeah. We see a shadowy figure check in on her. 
In a more appropriately sized bedroom, Rob's alarm wakes him up. He's crippled with a hangover. He slept with Heather again. Something he appears to do as a form of self-harm. He only yeah. seems to sleep with her when he's in yeah, fucking bits yeah. about something else. Yeah. He's like, I fucking hate myself. I hate her. I That's hate right. myself, so I'm going to sleep with her. Yeah. yeah. It is Heather. It's not Helen. What's to make correct, himself feel it? even worse? It's just calling her Helen in my head. Oh, I don't know what her name is. No, I Has think her name is H. H. But not the H, H that we want in line of duty. Yeah. True. H on um, the P's. So, yeah, I think that's a form of self harm. Lexi gets dressed, hides a gun in her tights before coming down to breakfast. All of the housemates, Daniel, Rafe, Justin, and Abby, are eating together. And Cassie correctly guesses the cutlery joy. That was a little bit of drama. Yeah, there was, the, there was she, a, there was a pregnant pause there. Yeah. There was a pregnant pause. Emphasis There's pregnant. three and seven. She asks the group if they um they've classes to go to, which they don't because they're all forty. And Daniel <laughs> says <laughs> Daniel says he thought they'd all stay at home together for the day. Back at the station, Rob looks worried and very paranoid. Oh, he stares at Cassie's empty chair and daydreams about her before storming off. The Trinners gang are listening to jazz and a record player and playing cards and smoking and reading in front of a real fire because fucking, of course, they are. But like, where do they get? Where do, have we? F- the money. Where? How Someone's are they f- Daniel's parents left it to him or something. But Daniel killed someone when he was seventeen. Mm. Yeah, and now he's collected all these little misfits to live in his weird cult. They're fucking freaks. Playing I'm sorry. Human chess. Kathy slash Lexi tells them it's weird that she can't remember anything about the stabbing. That there's a hole that that night got sucked into, and they all look mad paro daniel tells her that she well lexi went for a walk that night like she always does the others went to bed assumed she'd follow in when she never did obviously and then the group swap major shifty looks your notes are typed out immaculately so much at the station now kelly chats to sam and quigley they update him on the investigation sam informs him that the phone which lexi called which is also the phone that made the threatening phone calls to john devlin is now disconnected o'kelly asks sam to be his eyes and ears on operation mirror which is what they're calling frank's operation to put lexi fake lexi into that weird mansion and look for a way to help him quote fuck up mckay aka frank AKA Nitch. Great operation. Nitch, are we all? Fair. Are we all Operation Mirror? Yeah. yeah, that's what it's called. Great yeah. operation. And then Operation Vestal. I don't really like that name no. for the Katie one, but I'm never going to say that out my way. It's disgusting. No. Yeah. Quigley tells O'Kelly that they're looking everywhere for Shane and believes he is the missing link. O'Kelly then notices that Rob is missing from his chair and calls him. Rob tells him that he's following up in a tip and he knocks on Sandra Scully's door. Rob shows Sandra a police sketch of Tracksuit Man. She doesn't recognise the depiction. He then asks Sandra if she's seen Cahill Mills recently. She thought he lived abroad, but Rob tells her he lives in Dublin and shows her a recent photo. Very traumatising behaviour. Yeah, but like No also, consideration for her. Yeah. And that sketch, like... Doesn't it could be a spot like that? Sketch sketch. Doesn't look like anyone. Me and you could have drawn <laughs> off each other. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> he holds the sketch and the photo of Cahill up for Sandra side by side and asks if she thinks they're the same person. Are you is he fucking mad? Like, <laughs> like it looks like a potato. Sandra says they look nothing alike and asks why would Cahill be stalking a little girl? Rob was Cahill ever sexually inappropriate towards Jamie? Suggestive. Sandra, it was the eighties. Detective men said dirty things, but why would he go after Katie? Rob, because he, John, Shane, and Margaret are all keeping a secret, and so are you, because you weren't with your parents when the children disappeared. You were in the woods. Sandra, maybe, but then I went home. Rob then demands to know what happened to the children, and Sandra screams. I don't know. Rob then tells Sandra he has reason to believe the children, Adam, Jamie and Peter, saw her, Shane, John and Cahill 
in the woods and that they witnessed a violent crime, her rape. At this stage, Sandra is really, really upset. She denies knowing what happened to the kids and throws Rob out. Mm-hmm. Do Sa- you guys think Sandra knows what happened? I don't think she did. No, I think she's fucking traumatised to bits. You know, she ran I think out she would have had Ram, but you know that memory that he has of her you, running out after? Yeah. I don't think she does know what happened to them. But maybe she's blocked out memories the same as he's blocked out memories. Yeah, re- well, yeah, you No, would, guys, I think she was like violently assaulted. They ran in one direction after the kids and, and she, she ran, ran away. In the other. Yeah. Mm. I, don't I don't think she think knows she a thing. No. Um, I thought this scene was good. It was obviously very upsetting, but it was good because we got a reminder of everyone's places on that night. It was just kind of a good catch up. Yeah. Yeah. Back at the weird mansion, Cassie tells the others that she's going for a walk. They're all a bit shook over this, so Cassie suggests that they join her. And all five of them head out into the middle of the night, pitch black, mist-covered woods with a torch. Lexi, see what I mean? I keep swapping them. Cassie notices a tree. It's the same tree that Sam pointed out to her in Frank's lair before she went undercover. The tree had blood on it, but was washed with detergent. Now, she's super freaked out by this and tells the others that she doesn't feel well. And Daniel suggests that they go home. I was confused by this because she seemed actually freaked out, but I didn't know whether she was acting or not because she knows that that's where Lexi got stabbed. And she was acting freaked because she's like, I should potentially remember this. Was she trying to see their reaction to if she maybe had a flicker of a memory? Yeah, so that's one half of my mind. And then the other half of my mind is the weird twin telepathic shit and she yeah. actually got freaked out because I found it very convincing I felt like she'd obviously because they'd shown her a photograph or a video hadn't they of, of it they shown her a photograph, photograph they yeah. shown her a photograph so I think that they were out for a walk and then she just saw it and she was a bit like oh that's the tree and then she realised she, she maybe looked a bit too yeah. stunned so then just tried to tone it down and kind of cover that a bit, and be maybe. like oh god yeah I'm not meant to know about yeah, the tree I'll really. take that yes yeah Back at the station, Rob is trying to bring up memories from the day in the woods, but O'Kelly interrupts him. Alicia's been on the phone all day pushing the police to look for Adam. Completely fair enough. O'Kelly tells Rob someone better tell her he's dead, and Rob says he'll do it tomorrow. Lexi wakes up to the sound of whispering. She creeps out of the bed for a listen. Justin and Rafe are speaking. Justin says, Rafe, I know you've been using. I can see it in your eyes. You promised, Daniel. Rafe says, well, that was then. Things have changed. What's changed? You all stabbed someone together. The pair seem to be holding hands, which suggests, and this is later confirmed, that they're romantically involved. Brandon clocked that straight away, did you? More whispering, but this time it's Abby and Daniel. They're out in the garden. Abby remarks that Lexi's back to her old self, and Daniel says, that's because she's got you. Daniel then tells Abby that she's strong, but she says she doesn't feel strong. They lean in for a kiss, but Lexi, who's been watching through the window, accidentally breaks the glass and interrupts them. The moment is ruined. And then after that, Daniel doesn't seem interested in Abby anymore. He looks super angry and he tells Lexi to get some rest. We're all caught up. Yeah. We're all with me. Okay. The next morning. I missed so much shit. I think I was really tired when I was watching this. No, guys, I'm sorry. Also, also, (laughs) BBC Northern Ireland. Shout out BBC Northern Ireland. Obviously, someone's been. They were listening to us giving out about it. They put wow. it on at nine o'clock. They put it on at nine o'clock, but didn't didn't really alert anyone to the fact that it was going exactly. to be on an hour and forty minutes earlier than it has been for the last few weeks. <laughs> so I mentally prepared myself, and I said, "Fine, I have to do the recap at twenty-five to eleven. No problem. I'll clean my room. I'll make the bed. I'll have a shower. I'll make my lunch for the next morning. And I'll do everything, and then I'll come down at twenty-five to eleven. I'll sit down and watch it. The fucking thing was over. I knew it. <laughs> you then, wrote in the group. You're like, excuse me. Did you see this on Did you see the exact time I wrote in the group? It was literally twenty-two thirty-five. I was like, oh, here we have me sit down with a cup of tea. And I'm like, what was on? Spotlight. I'm like, excuse me. (laughs) So I was actually like, pinch my nose. I'm like, okay, I'll just go into recordings. And if that's there, and it was on at nine. 
<laughs> and I also had Craig illegally tuning in BBC One. Oh, yeah. Remember, because you told me you could do that. <laughs> no, did I? <laughs> From the mainland. <laughs> so I rushed home. This is how annoying my evening was. So I rushed home at five to eight or five to nine to watch it, sit down and ready to go. Well, you can't pause when you legally tune in the thing. No, I know. And try to be paused and do this I recap. I couldn't pause it. So I, I was like, no problem. It's illegal. Is it illegal? No, but it's a bit dodgy. I mean, moral. Morally, morally, ethically. So I was like, no problem. I'll just, just come back in an hour and a half. Content. Well, it was only anyway look yeah. look we'll let it go be called the guardie <laughs> the next morning Lexi wakes up to Abby in her bed she's totally freaked out the pair discuss Lexi's pregnancy and she confirms she lost the baby too much blood loss Cassie then spots her gun and panics that Abby will too later when Abby leaves for breakfast Cassie moves the gun choosing to hide it under a taxidermied fox in the hallway glam <laughs> ah, that is so <laughs> trinity glam Rob visits Alicia, who does live on the same road as the Devlins. Remember, we weren't sure. They're all on the same road. They're all on that one road. He tells her Adam... The fucking nerve of him. He tells her Adam died in a car accident in New Zealand a couple of years ago. But she's having none of it. The absolute (laughs) nerve of him. She asks, was it his mother that told you because she'd be lying? I would know if Adam Riley was dead. He's the only one who knows what happened to my little girl as a mother. I would know. Trinis for winners. Watch a black and white but movie he's together. Sitting in front of you, and you didn't know. See, guys, I don't really look like me as a kid. No, but if she's having that gut feeling, I know it's just you'd never think this. But she's happen. on edge. Yeah, yeah. She mightn't be something. able to go. She knows there's something going on. Yeah, yeah. she's on edge. Um, the Trinity gang watch a black and white movie together while drinking straight whiskey from a decanter. <laughs> Get <laughs> fucking real. <laughs> Uh, Lexi leaves for another walk this time alone she meets Frank he doesn't have the car this time he's hiding in the bushes with a torch <laughs> Lexi tells him they're definitely hiding something they're on edge and they're not happy she's home Frank says so what you have so far here's four really good points Daniel's kind of touchy feely fair nice. Rafe and Justin have their own thing going on Abby doesn't want the boys to know about the baby get the feeling she's worried about it being Daniel's yeah. Cassie asks Frank where he's at with Lexi's identity. He said the local search came back with nothing, so they've gone national with it and they're looking into missing person cases, etc. Danny's hard to read, Lexi says. She thinks um, he has them all like puppets on a string and she's going to get through to him through the others, divide and conquer. That's mm. the plan. Yeah. Uh, Lexi finishes by telling Frank that Danny... Oh yeah, the Danny's hard to read, blah, blah. Okay, done that. The next morning, Rafe and Lexi swing on a chair swing. He's been doing coke again, says he doesn't care if Daniel goes mad. Sure, he's mad anyway. He's convinced Lexi never made it to the hospital. He's ranting about her being dead, even after they'd seen her. Rob sits on the ground. they moved her body. They know. they know she's dead. They know. They moved her body from the detergent tree yeah. to the weird runes in the Both woods. Near Nocnery, yeah. yeah. Maybe Rafe didn't, but Justin Daddy. definitely and Daniel. Um, Rob sits on the ground of the evidence room surrounded by papers and boxes. He's crying. He looks at Adam's clothes again. Surely contaminating the DNA evidence. Not a glove in sight. He's just touching this stuff. Uh, He lies the clothes on his body and lies down with his eyes closed, desperately trying to remember what happened that day in the woods. We're transported back. We see a shot of Adam running and screaming as Cole chases him, Peter and Jamie. Then Adam is alone, calling for his missing friends. What must be later that day, we see Lexi about to get back from a walk to the house and phone guy, that's what I'm going to call him. So he's the guy that works for Malin Construction, yeah. the guy in the suit. Phone guy. Phone guy. Mm-hmm. 
comes out of nowhere with a document. It says the special delivery, contract and payment. Cassie wings it and said she thought he was going to call. Is he the same guy that was in the lift that day that wouldn't answer he the phone? He was in the lift. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. was in the car yeah. with um, Fran from Love Haste. Yeah. And he's the one who was making the calls to Jonathan Devlin yeah. threatening Katie's yeah. life. And called about the motorway. phone. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's all the same person. Okay. So Cassie Wings had said she thought he was going to call, but he had to dump the phone because some wanker detective kept ringing it out. Mm. Phone guy asks, so are we still on? While you were in the hospital, I got everything sorted. Money's cleared. You just need to sign. Lexi tells him she's changed her mind and asks for more money. 300k. Phone man tells her it's too much and she replies, tell your boss now deal then. Um, so I think... Malin Construction are paying her to convince Daniel to sell the property to make make way for the motorway. Yeah, good. That makes sense. I was asleep drooling onto a pillow. (laughs) (laughs) That is a very good observation. Thank you. So sorry. Malin Construction. Yeah. Are paying Lexi to convince Daniel to sell the mansion Mm -hmm. to make way for the motorway. That house is blocking the motorway. Mm-hmm. We learned this later yeah. from Fran Lovehouse. Yeah, and Fran's dying from the motorway because he wants to bring business to the area. Exactly. And he's in with him. We've seen them in the car together. And Jonathan doesn't want the motorway because they killed two children in the woods after they raped Scan. Thank you, Mum. Yeah. Horrific. Phone man calls Cassie a greedy bitch and says, I can see why someone stabbed you as he walks off into the night. Now, seconds. Now, seconds was later. Close. I was seconds, like, Frank. Seconds later, Frank is on the scene. He overheard everything and doesn't seem to consider that a phone man simply turned around (laughs) for a moment, he would definitely see them. Cassie, the only one with a bit of cop on, tells Frank that they can't meet there anymore. He distracts her with DNA test results on Lexi's baby. They're back from the lab and the baby daddy is... Dun-dun-dun. Rafe. I was not expecting that. I thought thought Rafe was a gay man. not expecting that. I missed that. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is the first I've heard of it. Rafe, that Rafe was actual was cocaine dad. addict. Having torn baby with Alexa. Yeah. <laughs> I just took a DNA it test. Out. I'm a hundred percent that bitch. Even when I'm crying crazy. Okay. <laughs> I've called this section dinner at the mansion. Mansion. Daniel, Lexi, Abby, Rafe and Justin eat bowls of stew together. Cassie says she's bored of their lives and wonders, is this it? Justin asks her about why she doesn't mind eating onions all of a sudden. Oh God, she my, panics. I was, my heart was beating was at sweating. this bit. Yeah. yeah, especially when they zoomed in on the bowl of onions I nearly <laughs> vomited. <laughs> Jesus Christ. She says the antibiotics are doing weird things to her mouth, but Abby jumps in with, I thought it was the texture that you didn't like. Nerves gone. Cassie does a freaky little giggle and says, you should see your faces. I was having it all on. I was fucking with you the whole time. All of a sudden, and lucky for Cassie, it was a loud crash. Something was fucked through the window. Now, Lexi legs it outside to chase the perpetrator and he hides in the bushes. The others catch up to her and Daniel roars. You know what my ancestors used to do with peasants who slipped out of line? Peasants. He's a pig. But Pig. she was very police officery. Yes, the way she I ran out, that it was a bit too. It, yeah, like yeah. she jumped on top of a grown man and wrestled him to the ground. Yeah, I agree. The man makes a run for it, but Cassie catches him, wrestles him to the ground. It's Fran. The others run over All to right, the scene. Nidgy. All right, Nidgy. The others run over to the scene. Daniel has a gun. He points it at the pair on the ground. Yeah, and Cassie puts her arms up. She thought it was all up. She thought the game was up. Yeah. Over the onions. Fran runs off and jumps over a wall. Now, uh, he scaled that wall. It was Olympic <laughs> levels. Yeah. 
of jumping walls in that scene. Back in the house, Daniel tells the others that it was his grandfather's gun. He's not going to get rid of it. We learn that Fran, who's actually called John Naylor, threw a rock with a note attached through the window. The note reads, Caps, we will burn you out. The group debates whether or not to call the police. Cassie gets final say and they agree to contact Sam as Frank hates them. So is that purely over the motorway? He's like, get out of the house, let the motorway be built. Y- yes, and you will actually get that cleared for you okay. on the next page. The next morning, Sam arrives to investigate the scene. He says it was stupid of Cassie to chase John. He tells the group John is from the village and warns them not to go down there. In the next scene, the gang are in a supermarket, presumably in the village. Oh, one second. We know that John knows Lexi as well, because remember they met outside the pub a couple of episodes ago. No, fact, was, we know that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. See, John is in with Malin Construction. He must they be want like, why the fuck is she wrestling me now? They like want the same thing. Yeah, yeah they want Jesus. the same thing. Yeah. Um, Abby stops at a chocolate display and takes them for Lexi saying, your favourite. And I just thought that was another test. Yeah. It doesn't really come to anything though. Now, Alana Shorey is in the supermarket. She is the girl who ha- was jumped on on Talbot Street like and had her head shaved. Horrifically shaped. attacked. She who's spots the Cassie. one whose husband was ki- killed, killed the, the person garage in the garage. One. Yeah, now I have to say, right, I will admit, episode number one, her character, I thought it was a bit of comic relief. I thought her Dublin accent was a bit fake, was a bit staged, Dublin-y, a bit strong. Yeah. And I was like, okay, you know, it was good, good crack character was fine grand acting but as we've gone on then we saw that scene in the hospital where she was attacked and then this yeah i'm like no she's insanely good like i can't really deal guys also in the shop trust me to notice this taste the 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 northern irish tato northern irish tatoes this scene was filmed in belfast obviously continuity slipped up for the first time yeah, because the continuity's been bang on with it's been oh, yeah, unbelievable. Well, like, I mean, only me would notice timeline. the crisp, to be honest, but I just noticed that they were the Northern Irish Tato the and not the bag. Tato. Yeah, it was like they're yellow and blue. Yeah. Very, yeah, yeah touchy. I just so. noticed the Tato. I was like, oh my God. So Alana Shorey's in the supermarket. She spots Cassie and she is seriously distressed. She's going to give it all away. Cassie tells her to fuck off, but she doesn't. Their conversation gets heated and Cassie chokes her against the wall. Cassie says, I don't know who you are. Alana says, fuck you, you don't know who I am. Cassie I thought says, she was going to be like you, yeah. fucking guard. I thought yeah. she was going to say the word guard. Like edge of the sea, I can't even, it's not even close. Yeah. I was dripping sweat. Yeah, sweating. Cassie says, are you fucking thick or something? And Alana, fuck you, you stuck up little bitch. I'm having a baby and people keep fucking hitting me. Now, I thought that was so sad. Yeah, really, I'm really having sad, a baby yeah. and people keep on fucking hitting me. And I'd say, obviously, deep down, Cassie does want to help her. But she's no, just Cassie's like, heart is broken, but she had to keep up. saw it all, Abby. So and Lexi's all. a bit tough, isn't she? So she mm-hmm. had to keep up she that yeah. kind up. of. Abby saw the whole thing, though. I think the jig was up now yeah. for definite. There's some random girl noticed it, like they're like totally. this isn't her eating onions and scrapping in a supermarket, yeah. exactly, and wrestling men. Abby, who was watching, appalled, interrupts, asking, "Is everything okay?" Lexi tells her it was just someone who she used to deal to. She can't get it into her head that I don't do it anymore. Frank and Cassie meet in his car in the woods. His daughter is there too. This is later on. Frank fills Cassie in on the villager who threw through the brick here you are Brendan the daughter's so cute Angel his name is John Naylor he's a local pisshead. he's claiming the scratches Cassie gave him actually happened when he fell off his bike Frank, th- Frank then asks Cassie to come into the station and watch Sam interview John before getting out of the car Cassie comes on Frank bringing his daughter to work and he pulls his jacket back to reveal a rainbow number one dad t-shirt and he just shot up to my favourite character of the whole season yeah. love it we I love him a tweet from Ellie here to be like is anyone else loving Frank's parenting style taking his daughter on a stakeout and saying put your homework away and get back on your computer game yeah <laughs> I just love him yeah. 
<laughs> Later, Cassie is going through a wardrobe in the mansion. She finds a box of pregnancy tests. One is open and is positive. I'm presuming that's Lexi's, real yeah. life Lexi's, old pregnancy tests. And then she kind of fingers the clothes one in her hand, contemplating whether to take it before she puts the box back. As the others eat breakfast, she leaves for the station and they're insulted that they haven't been asked to go. That's how I would feel. Imagine one of us. Imagine we all witnessed a crime and then one of us was asked to go. You'd be snapping. Yeah, yeah but we'd be human because we'd want to be all involved. Of course yeah. we would. At the station, Sam interviews John who's ignoring him and singing ballads. Cassie and Frank watch <laughs> from behind the fake <laughs> mirror. Me. Hilarious. Sam learns that John threw the rock because he doesn't like what the students stand for. Quote, living like that when the rest of us suffer. suffer. We have a chance to live better. They're the ones blocking the motorway, blocking our chance to earn some decent money. So, people on the same side. John Naylor. Yeah. Malin Construction. Mm -hmm. People on the other side. Trinners for winners, student, fucking weird, 40-year-olds. Jonathan Devlin. Yeah, Lexi. Yeah. In playing both sides for money. Exactly. Exactly. Sam tries to pin the stabbing on John, but he's not having it. He mentions Daniel's gun. Frank says if there's a gun in that house, he'll have to report it and pull Cassie out. And like a good little mole, she says there's no gun and he smirks. After the investigation, Cassie asks Sam to check in on Alana. Frank interrupts their conversation to tell them that John has an alibi for the night of Lexi's stabbing. It's just been confirmed. Cassie leaves and Sam turns on Frank. He says he'll fucking kill him if anything happens to her. And as usual, Frank simply looks bemused. Back at the house, Cassie fills the others in on her trip to the station. She suggests getting rid of the gun. Ray flips out at Daniel, then turns on Justin. He's totally freaking out and he's sick of Daniel playing puppet master. Justin being in charge unraveling. of everything. No, that was Daniel's own gun and not the gun that was hidden under the taxidermy. No, that's She's ta- allowed that's, to have that gun. Yeah, she's allowed to yeah. that. They're but talking about Daniel's granddad's gun. her guard gun and yeah. Yeah. What puts me in charge, replies Daniel. What makes me king is that I'm not unravelling. Rafe puts his hands on him and calls him a fucking prick. Guys, king. That use of the word king after we heard your man do, you know, the Dr. Hanley naked in the woods. Oh, Dr. Hanley's another person. King knocking a re is king in Irish. He rises, the king rises. Yes, Rebecca. So weird, that whole connection. of. And we know Dr. Hanley was at a house party. We know these posh freaks had a house party. was in their house and they stabbed uh, Lexi. Yeah. Yeah. And was it all on the same night? Potentially. I think it has to be because that house party was mentioned a couple of times. The Katie dying and... And Lexi getting stabbed. If it was, it would the timelines... watched it. No. Yeah, it wasn't the same night. But they definitely are having house parties. And I think that... Mm. I forgot to put Dr. Hanley and the rest of the archaeologists in the group that want the motorway Oh, and Damien also said he was at this house party and then left early and went home to look after his mum. And I'd say the, the... the the girl, the woman that Dr. Hanley's having the affair with, the married woman she yes. was at it as well. Yeah, they're all at this house. John party. Devlin could have potentially been there. Could have been a weird meetup for people that wanted the motorway not to happen. It turned into a freaky party. Yeah. Could be a way to connect it back in. Anyway, um, what puts me in charge, what makes me king is that I'm not unraveling. Okay, Daniel suggests going down to the village to show the villagers that they're not afraid. Cassie's up for it and they head to the pub. To make matters worse, they brought their own champagne and their own flutes. They're just little posh gits. Yeah. 
John and Phone Guy sit at a table together. Cassie winds John up over the scratches on his neck. Phone Guy quickly leaves and Cassie tells the other she's going out for a smoke and follows him, successfully texting the reg number of his car to either Frank or Sam. Justin joins Cassie outside. He looks scared and upset. Cassie tries to get info out of him. He clearly knows something. She tells him that the guardie told her... Daniel tried to kill someone when he was 17. She presses Justin and he breaks down. It looks as if he was just oh, about just to reveal like something. Just about to say. He and was just about to say, we, he stabbed you and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and then Abby and Daniel and Ray fall out of the pub and they're like, this place is boring. Let's go home. At the station, Guard the Feeling approaches Rob and his voice is quivering and he's sh- literally shaking with pride. He's gone through the CCTV of a separate shoplifting incident and he's only gone and bleeding found Shane Waters. Paint man. Quigley overhears the conversation. You found Shane Waters? Well, fuck me sideways. I don't know you, but I love you. <laughs> Rob shakes his hand, feeling is thrilled with himself. Fantastic. Feeling fantastic. Yeah. And Rob smiles for the first time in about weeks. seven weeks. I was so, 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 I was like proud of feeling like I, I actually was chuffed knew him. for him. Yeah, yeah. same. Great. Um, Rob brings the photo from the CCTV of Shane into O'Kelly's office. We found Shane Waters. He's alive and he's in Dublin, but O'Kelly isn't overly impressed. No. So he thinks he's unreliable. Rude. From he the does, last but episode. But like, mm. Mm. yeah. Yeah, I didn't even, you know, I mean, listen. Look, midnight at this stage. Inside, he asks about the check McKay got from phone man via Cassie. Rob says O'Neill's report on the document is all foreign banks, endless holding companies, a paper trail to nowhere. O'Kelly tells him to keep pushing that lead. He's not really interested in the Shane Waters thing. He goes on to call Operation Mirror a shit show. He hates McKay. This is, we learn why. Says he cuts corners, gets people killed friends of his yeah so frank has has a murky past mm-hmm. he tells rob you should have talked her out of it maddox the whole thing rob looks angry and really regretful and he's furious and he says maddox is a survivor excuse me maybe he's just talking about the car crash yeah i kind of got that he was talking about something else Maybe a day in the woods. Who knows? Sam O'Neill pulls over phone man on a quiet country road, tells him, come with us. Cassie takes a pregnancy test in a bathroom by herself. Meanwhile, Rob thinks about her at a bar in a nightclub. He's taking shots. He spots Heather, dancing with another guy and cuts in. Cassie looks at the test and it's fucking positive. I nearly died. That has she's to pregnant be. pregnant with Rob's child. She's, she has to yeah, be. yeah, guys, guys there has to be a cosmic connection. I'm low-key thrilled. The, like, thrilled. Like, He'll be thrilled. I can't wait for him to find he out. He needs to get it together, though, and appreciate her. He needs No, sorry. He, yeah. they, he will. I just have full faith that, like, when all this is sorted, that he'll be okay again. And he loves her. He'll he apologize. Her. Yeah. But, yeah. like, oh, God, I just hope it all works God, out. She's for pregnant, and I do, uh, it's not looking good for her now, to be honest. Do you or that baby. No, it's not looking good. I'll for stop. Her. It's not, guys. Rob, there's oh, there's been enough books. misery. Come on. Yeah, we've already lost one baby. I know. And 75 sets of twins. I just don't think it's looking good for Cassie in this situation. However, we'll get to that. Okay. Into the, there was a short clip of next week's episode, which we'll get to at the end of this. I've actually done a synopsis on that as well. So Abby knocks on the door to tell her that they're all getting shit-faced. Hurry up. Downstairs, Rape hands her a glass of punch. I wrote, did he know she was pregnant? Because it's his baby. And I just thought... So Abby's like, come on, we're getting shit-faced. Have this mad punch. And he kind of just gives her a glass of punch. I'm like, did he make her a little 
virgin a one. A little virgin one, yeah. And not that it really means anything, but I, I just thought he might have known. I think that they all oh, drugged her because yes, they all knew yeah, she was dodgy. When they handed her that drink, I instantly thought they're up. drugging her Ozzy to gets up now. make her now. so that they yeah. can see. Well, there you go. Yeah. I think that's probably um, correct. So the other stands outside and Cassie speaks to Abby in the kitchen. She tells her she wants to do right by her, that it was for the best she lost the baby. I think it would have been very painful for you. Abby looks shocked, looks out the window at Daniel and smiles. She says to Cassie, not at all. Daniel would have been so oh, happy. Proper. We all would have been. Then she walks off. Very Fucking odd. the weirdest scene of the whole episode. What? Cassie downs her drink and makes weird eye contact with a moose and then walks outside. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's a dead. It's a dead taxidermy. <laughs> it's a taxidermied moose head. But also links back to the car crash. Because yeah. obviously, oh my god, no, she's having a meltdown. Robin Heather ride against the wall of a club, but the whole time his eyes are closed and he's picturing the night with Cassie, and their sex is completely different to the sex that he has with Heather. Like they were literally making love in a like white sheets. The sun was shining in. Like it was like the yeah. loveliest, most romantic thing. And then you cut back to your one getting fucked against the wall of the club. At least we did get to see a bit of what that night was like between Robin. Cassie. They made love. Yeah. Yeah. Next thing we know is neck is spasming and he drops out around the ground. Oh no, guys, she splashed like she oh, down with the beer barrels. Yeah. Gone. One of the most disrespectful things I've ever is seen. her like but he couldn't help it. I for I know Brendan, I know. <laughs> and her reaction I thought was slightly unfair. But imagine that and guys, his neck is fucked. Fucked. <laughs> <laughs> it's bad, like can relate. Yeah, no, it's bad. She's appalled. She tells him she's done with him and to knock him home. He's now, guys, he stumbles into the club. This eyes kind of laugh. <laughs> he stumbles into the club and collapses, crawling across the ground. And then some random risk carry mate is like, <laughs> no, I was unsure if that was the bouncers, like, gonna turf him out or, yeah, no. what, or somebody was actually looking after him. No, someone was looking after him, I thought. Sherlock. You wouldn't know. Back. You're causing a scene, they just throw you out. Oh God, guys, we're nearly done. Back at the mansion, Cassie is blind drunk. We see a blurry vision of Daniel staring at her. She can hardly oh walk. Now I'm getting rapey she's vibes drunk. again. And I'm like, guys, I'm not watching they anymore. This is too much. Yeah. But anyway, the others are oblivious as he walks towards her and kisses her and she kisses him back. And I'm like, no, please. I think to kiss as well. I did Lex have her tongue pierced or something? It was weird. No, I just think that like, like you could she taste that she was different them. Because it was Raph's bit, you know what I mean? I just think that could have been their tell as well. And he, he pushed, he holds her, then he starts yeah. choking her. There's something about the they're kiss. like, you're not her. They knew already, but I think they're like. But kissing somebody, Kissing you know. somebody, you were like, well, that's not how you kiss. Or, like, or you just wouldn't kiss me. Because I'm going out with your friend and you're having a baby with Raph. Yeah, and it kind of calls back to mm. the scene with Sandra Scully where they're doing the the kiss test and she knows exactly anyway for a moment they're standing there until suddenly he's choking her saying who the fuck are you he says that before dropping her to the ground and then the others stand over her body looking at her it's the last thing she sees before she passes out and the episode ends yeah they d- like Daniel definitely drugged her there yeah 100% yeah yeah like I know she probably was drinking because she was drinking because she found out she was pregnant yeah. and she's also undercover as her imaginary twin who's dead it, it, you know what I mean it's a stressful situation and the love of her life's an arsehole yeah I can't get over how excited I am for her and Rob to have a baby mm-hmm. oh. thrilled yeah I know yeah I, I'm i thrilled I just feel like it's all gonna end in tears really and truly the only thing connecting the two cases is obviously that Lexi and Cassie could be actual twins and the motorway and the, the motorway, motorway yeah. like they could be completely not connected at the same time it's the woods yeah, and the woods. Yeah, it's the woods. The woods and the likeness. 
Will I do a summary yeah. of what's happening next week? Yeah, go for it. So do. next time on, we got flashes after the episode. So Rob follow, follows up on a siding of Shane Waters. Daniel carries Cassie inside the mansion and expects her body inspects her body for a scar. There is none. Like, duh, like, do they not fucking think of you? Like, well, there is, but it would obviously not it's be an fresh. Old it's, scar. An old, it's an old version of the same one. When she got stabbed before. Like, Rafe asks Daniel what the plan is, and Justin looks very scared. Jonathan Devlin cries as he watches a video of Katie dancing. Oh, Kelly tells Quigley, who's in uniform, that his job is to apprehend the killer of Katie Devlin. Did he get demoted or something? Wait, Quigley's in uniform. Yeah, he's in a guard uniform. Like he's been in plain clothes for the whole episode. And when O'Kelly is talking to him here, he's in a guard uniform. Oh. John shouts, get the fuck away from my baby while running through a graveyard. Daniel holds up Cassie by the chin and says, my house, mine. Now, that's a thing that would have been an issue because Lexi was obviously being paid by Malin Construction to convince her boyfriend to sell the house to let them knock it down we can see the motive of why they did kill Lexi obviously Daniel found out that she was trying to that she went behind his back yeah and that the house is all they have yeah I think they're probably all in on that because they're misfits and that's what brings them together that house it's their their family home it's all they have yeah Rob and Sam square up to each other at the station Sam pushes him Quigley intervenes Cassie as herself sits down with the housemates in the mansion my main objective, she tells them, is to find out which one of you murdered Alexandra Mangan. Rob pulls back a sheet of plastic in the same place where we saw him follow up on the Shane siding and winces. Shane's dead, guys. Shane's dead. Someone's and Shane's got been to him first. Oh, Shane's been brutally murdered because Rob's like, yeah, someone's. And got he didn't Shane. even wince when he seen Katie's body. No, Carl's killed Shane because they kept asking. Rid of Shane because Rob asked why yeah. did in the interrogation oh, why did Shane smack his head against the sink? Also, if Shane is dead, O'Kelly was quite dismissive of him. Mm. He, he didn't get very excited when Rob was like, "We found Shane." O'Kelly mm. was just like, "Not Maybe really a, into yeah, it." No. I think there's a rap because mm. Shane's been missing. Okay. Then he appears on CCTV, we randomly find him, and then all of a sudden he's dead. The only people that knew about that siding were the police. Yeah. yeah. So how all of a sudden has Carl found him? Oh, Kelly? No, but you he was out? visiting Carl outside the office a good few times at the start of the series. He yeah. was. I just think it would be a major coincidence. I think there's a rat in the police. Yeah, there could um, easily be. Yep. We've got a few thoughts and theories here, but actually before we get into other people's thoughts and theories, it's just an observation. Do you remember I said to Asterix, the wash bag? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, I don't... Now, this... Guy, so... The, w- the wash bag that Rosalind put the phone in yeah. was identical to the wash bag that Cassie put together for when she was going back into the house as Lexi. Do you think they just only had one in stock? Yeah, maybe it was just Great observation, both pennies at the same time. I don't know. There's this no, show there's, there's doesn't make those mistakes though, apart from the title. Apart from the Northern Ireland Don't mention the war. Used to know that though. <sighs> yeah, they bought a, it was an identical wash bag and there, there must have been enough of a shot of them putting something in and zipping it up for me to notice it was pink and white striped. I don't know why Rosalind and Cassie slash Lexi would have the same wash bag other than they just bought shopping pennies on. Okay. So there could be something to it episode. or nothing to it. Um... Sue Robertson says, Hi everybody, I was just thinking the housemates say that Lexi used to go out for a walk every night. Was she also meeting up with Frank to give him info just like Cassie is doing? Yeah. And was Frank her baby daddy? And is Frank lying that it was Raph? No, yeah, I think that... mm, Frank was not shocked when when Lexi wound up dead. He wasn't shocked that there was a Lexi. 
he knew about Lexi, but guys, he's number one dad. Would he be cheating? Maybe he's not with the mother partner. Yeah. Um, also, them DNA test results came back like just as he needed to tell her something. To do you know what I mean? Uh, we have a few more tweets. Oh. So some some quick fire tweets. Um, <laughs> I don't know why I say quick fire. Fire. Uh, Paul Hegarty uh, says too many to think of in terms of thoughts and theories. Same one. Anna Hood totally confused if I'm honest. Alison Patterson says I think Rosalind has something to do with Katie's death, the way her mother went off at her in the shower. Um, at Opera Plot says an homage to Mulholland Drive Lynch-esque soundtrack sinister flickering light car crash leaving a girl with memory problems double life of the main female character scary homeless guy the list goes on Emma Hughes I, think I haven't the- heard of Mulholland Drive I'll be watching that now mm. though I tell you uh, Emma Hughes says I think the bodies of the kids are in the tree trunk yes, yes. that's why Adam wrote to them and left them in a tree that's why he gets visions when he's at the tree I and he's trying to climb it almost wasn't he Deal with that. He was trying to climb that tree. Yeah, I thought they might have been up. Up. Did anyone ever look up? And yeah. Yeah, because they always look up and the camera spins. Mm. Nina says, I'm definitely thinking Rosalind is actually Sandra Scully's baby now, but not sure if the ages would add up. I thought that for a while and now I don't. Yeah, I just think that your one was also abused and thinks that her being pregnant was the only reason why she had to marry Jonathan. There's and more then she about- to lie for Jonathan around her own yeah. We'll see what happened to her but next week, be. I think. Um, and Natalie says, I don't think the motorway students are anything to do with Katie's death. I think they're using that as a red herring and a way to link the two books plots together. Fair enough, fair enough. I agree with that entirely. I think Sarah Phelps very cleverly tied that all in. Yeah, and she do. admitted herself. She was like, it was a great idea to mash the two together. And then when she sat down, she was like, oh my God, the effort. Um, the motorway connects them, but not the deaths, if you get me. Yeah. Um, Natalie also says, I think Adam Rob invented the wolf to protect him from the trauma he suffered witnessed in the wood. Just like Cassie invented Lexi to help her deal with her trauma. I think something happened to Adam. He just, uh, he wasn't just a witness. I would be yeah. there for that 100% yeah, about the invention of the wood if it wasn't for the claw marks on his t-shirt. But, or of the, the wolves. Apologies. Apologies. Like we googled this the other day, and wolves <laughs> haven't been in Ireland since 1784. Rebecca was like, "This wolf put them in Donegal last Donegal, week." Yeah. Isn't that mad? Yeah. My housemates from Donegal, and she was like, "They are in Donegal." I was like, "What?" They're balancing the ecosystem. Mad. Um, and then we have an in-depth theory slash three theories Give from to me. Sabrina Fox. Thank okay. you, Sabrina. Um, Sabrina, this I'm loving how in-depth this is. Three theories, okay? One, did you ever watch Fringe? It's about a parallel universe or universes. One of the characters is from another universe. His dad, a mad scientist, went to the world and took the boy as the boy in the current world died. Now, do you think the woods could be a fault in the planet where two worlds cross? Oh, my God. Sabrina, you're losing me. Kills you, Brendan. And that's why we see twins. This is a crazy one, but maybe Katie slash Jess are the same person but suffer from a mad psychosis, passed down from the mother. Okay, I'm I'm back. Gets killed (laughs) when they see her, so they plant her in the... What? Plant her in the forest. When Jess says Katie's dead, that's why, as part of her is dead. Okay. Sabrina, you have me... Okay, so two non-sci-fi option. I'm here yeah. for this one. <laughs> oh, sorry, like, oh, oh my God, I love that she's laying off two. Thanks. Um, Cahill finds Adam and rapes him after raping Sandra Scully. Oh, I hope not. I think this is quite likely. Jamie yeah. and other boy find them, try to stop them and Cahill, gets John and Shane to murder them as they would do anything. 
We Which see, we saw when Jonathan Haldane Sanchez got yeah, yeah he we was, see this when he's and he's under call spell the way the Trinity students are under Daniels. Yes, and that is another great writing by Sarah Phelps because she's worked in these parallels from the two books, yeah. separate yeah. stories, but yeah. there are parallels. Yeah. Um, Sabrina goes on to say they get Margaret to cover up. Margaret feels guilty a few years later when she has her girls, so starts drugging her and gets drugs from Cahill. Rosalind finally cracked and killed Jess as she's in love with someone. Why she, the reason she went to Dublin the night she stayed in the hostel? She actually sent us this after episode five, if you get me. Ah, uh, getcha. Uh, she said, maybe Cahill realised she couldn't leave the house when Jess is alive or Katie. Katie and Simone helped Rosalind cover it up, find the altar, leave her there to make it look like a sacrifice or something creepy. Yes, and that does come back to what we said, that Katie being put on the altar and Katie being murdered could be two completely separate things. Yeah. I saw a tweet uh when I was just going through the hashtag Dublin Murders last night and it's from a lady called Sandra J. Daniels and she says, maybe Sandra Scully killed the kids because they didn't stop the rape and then she killed Katie because she was jealous of her being her ex, Jonathan's beautiful daughter, off to London. Clutching at straws, hashtag, that's what she wrote. Now, Mm. I mean, I hadn't thought of that. At this stage, I think that anything actually could be possible. And we're here for theories. I also think that, do you know when the first ever scene of Dublin Murders was Rob saying... Uh, reading the passage reading to Cassie. Reading the passage she's like, to Cassie. Never talk again. And she's like, we're never talking again. I think the series may end with the scene that we first saw. Uh, like, yeah. absolutely. And that I don't know if we're... Let, we need to watch that back. Guys, I, I don't think we might... I don't know if we're going to get... The answers to every single... How much single. closure are we getting? Yeah. yeah, I'm not sure if we're going Rob's to. There's only two episodes. Rob's not going to find out that she's pregnant in this series. No, there's two are episodes left. Are we going to find left. out who killed Katie? Yes. I hope so, because that's the first and are situation. We that's the first book. Okay, and I think are we going to find out what happened in the woods fully? I hope so. I just need to sneeze. Oh, no. Oh. Oh no, it's gone. <laughs> gone. Look at the light. Oh, look at the light. Okay. Um, also, uh, this is another uh, theory that I kind of like skimmed over online earlier. And it's on an article uh, on stylist.co.uk. Glam. And this is one of the bullet points in the article. Are Rob and Cassie linked in a supernatural kind of way? Um, <laughs> I mean, if you could see the eye roll. I mean, it's Halloween tomorrow, guys. Mystic Reb is in the house, okay? So, do you remember that time that Cassie was like, state of us, the only ones to get out alive and trying to work out why? Yeah. So, obviously now it could be that she, she was... got out of the car crash exactly. with her parents. Uh, way back in episode three, Cassie and Rob chuckled over the absurdity of their lives and hinted heavily that Cassie was also involved in the original Knocknery incident. Since then, we've learned that both of them had, have dual identities, Rob and Adam, Cassie and Lexi. A reminder for those who don't need our recaps on a regular basis, the show has dropped a number of references to a fetch, a.k.a. A supernatural double yeah. or apparition of a, perso- of a living person in Irish culture. Could it be that Cassie and Rob both went into the forest back in 1985 and that two versions of them came out. Ooh. And that could explain why at the exact same moment that Cassie's life hangs in the balance, Rob is clutching at his shoulder and staggering across the dance floor like a zombie. Oh, I can't cope. I love that so much. We got an amazing email from Fiona and this brings up something that I wanted to talk about. So Fiona actually said she loves the podcast and she's been a fan since Shrine of Judy and every oh, TV thriller needs a Shrine oh, podcast. Oh, Queen. She's written this so well and I'm not just saying it because we've got pros and then cons for this theory. Obsessed. Wow. 
I think Cassie could be Jamie, full stop, pros, colon, like dead, leaving cert level. Yeah. In the first episode, Cassie kicks off Vera's, also love that she's doing what we're doing. Vera's yeah. is o- um, O'Kelly, that's his name in Game of Thrones. Oh yeah. It's like us calling Frank Nidge. Mm-hmm. In the first episode, Cassie kicks off Vera's, saying that Jamie was the girl's preferred name. Yeah. Why was this alleged stranger's yeah. name such an issue to yeah. her? One. Two. Later, Cassie makes a big deal of saying that women, especially mothers, look at children's faces. Is she referring to Adam's mother, Claire, and the fact that Claire thinks she's a bad liar when actually she's been pulling the wool over Claire's eyes all along? Three. When Alicia rings the hotline to throw suspicion on Adam, the camera pans to a picture of a dark-haired child, presumably Jamie, who looks a lot like a young Cassie. Four. In episode four, Frank tells Cassie she's the happiest when pretending to be someone else. Is that because Cassie is also an assumed identity? Five. Cassie makes several references to her and Rob being the only ones to make it out. Mm-hmm. Does she mean from the woods? Mm-hmm. When did she meet Rob? Yeah. When did Come she on, meet Rob? Come on, tell us. I want yeah. that answer yeah. before the end and of And also, she got really tetchy about the word Vestal when when yeah. uh, oh, Kelly came up with that. Very tetchy. Yeah. But that's a good thing about this writing. It's very ambiguous because O'Kelly had just been very suggestive towards her and she could have just been insulted for women kind um, or she could be you know personally insulted cons what kind of a sicko stands meters away from their own mother at a graveyard she's talking about Katie's funeral Alicia was there yeah. she would have been standing across the grave could Alicia have been looking at Cassie and not Rob there was no recognition leading to the possibility that possibility that maybe it is Lexi who is Jamie Cassie obviously looks like her, but isn't her. And a mother will be able to tell the difference. Oh, wow. Yeah. Lexi appears out the woods. Jamie got lost in the woods. Are they the same girl? Yeah, we never find out about... We don't know anything about Lexi. Don't Um, think timelines or ages match up, however. Strong possibility that either... Oh, she does a summary then. So this is where she's, her theory, her pros or cons. Here's where she's at. Strong possibility that either Cassie or Lexi is Jamie. Now, the way that email was written, incredible. Yeah. Thank um, you for hi that. Hi, Fiona. My neck is gone. Um, the wolf didn't appear in this episode. Why are we also... So all the chat is about Rob and Jamie. Who was the third kid in the forest? Peter. Peter. There's not much talk about Peter. Where's his Christ parents? Who is Peter? Jesus, who's Peter? Who's Peter? Fucking quick. Daniel. Who is Peter? <laughs> Daniel, quickly. Are we just saying random names So they're deliberately, we're deliberately, Peter's not being pushed to the front of this story for some reason. All we found out about Peter was that his dad made that swing in the woods with a rope and then his dad hung himself a few years later Mm. after Peter died. What was that bit with blue rope? Remember, wasn't there blue rope around someone's leg? Shane's. Shane's leg Mm. when he was walking up the road and when Lexi stopped in the car. So we don't know anything about Peter. Great bloody point. We don't know anything about Peter. That's a huge point. Uh, also, the laughing. Jesus, who could Peter? We don't know anything about Peter. But we maybe none of the kids are dead. Peter could be Daniel. But guys, how would none of them be dead? Like, how? I don't fucking know what happened. I know it just <laughs> like I think they are dead in that tree, and I think Adam saw what happened. And he let's knows. do our predictions for it's the finale. Really hard to know. I don't know what I believe anymore. Every time I read no. a theory, then I believe that. Same. That's why I don't I read another say. one, and I'm like, Rob's a wolf. I'm you know? being flaky. I don't want to say anything out loud because I, I keep changing my mind. I don't, do you know why I can't <laughs> say anything out loud? Is because there, for me, there are still so many possibilities. It could go in so many directions. But I've liked a lot of what you said this evening about 
they're kind of what almost said? accidentally maybe accidentally about there being two different cohorts of people who are for and against the motorway yes and oh, the, I said through that, that yeah. you know and and these house parties that we know that definitely happened up in what's that place called Glenskehe 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 um that yeah that yeah uh, there's definitely there's a now a more there's the potential for a more literal explanation as to why everything has happened definitely and the thing about it is as well is that what happens in the books might obviously is gonna it's gonna be different because two books have been merged together Mm. so the ending that we will get next week it could be completely different to the two books I hope that it's a happy one. I have a feeling it's going to be not happy. And I don't think that... I think that everything we know is going to be flipped on its head. I I think even with... You know, we were like, oh, they're dodgy and everything. I just... Yeah. There's more... I think I, we're going to be shock on. Yeah, I, I think do. we are going to be shock on. We own, like, there's, <laughs> there's only two hours to tie up everything there's a lot to tie a up. lot to tie up and you know then and maybe we all run ragged with theories that we never even needed to notice true which does happen a lot like the, the wash bag give it up yeah <laughs> can you imagine sarah phelps if you don't like explain to me about the wash bags in in there's the just next two so hours of television. much tie up like i feel like we need to to write this all on a big wall guys i want stick, the cork board you need to get a cork board yeah um yeah. i want to know about the laughing. It's been brought up too much now yeah. to not make a thing. And was it um, Detective Murphy? Who's the detective that died of cancer? Yeah, he's, yeah, he wrote that letter. What's the fucking story with that note? Uh, the, I don't think that he, he wrote, wrote that note, though. I think Shane gave him that note or something. Right. Do you know, I don't know. I know they were pointing that he wrote that, but yeah, they're all laughing at us. And then Rob heard all the laughing when he was getting the flashbacks in the woods this week. Well, we go around and do our predictions. Oh, Jesus, yeah, I mean. So let's just start with very simple ones. Rob isn't going to find out that Cassie's pregnant. That's not going to happen, I don't think. Oh, God. Yeah. I don't think. Um, I think we're going to find out that Frank knew about Lexi. I, yeah. Yeah, I, I think, think they're going to be fighting by the end of this. I think there's going to, we're going to, Frank definitely, I know that we know that he's more of a central character in the later books in the series. I think that we're going to find a big reveal about Frank and it's going to set up the next series. A total cliffhanger as well. Yeah. I feel, I I hope that we're going to definitely find out who killed Lexi. I think we're going to see a house party that the archaeologists were at with the Lexi and blah, 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 blah. And I think they're going to have a discussion about selling the house and I think there's going to be a fight and I think someone's going to accidentally push her or lose the head and Lexi's getting stabbed by someone but or what? multiple people in but that party. Why is the child in the Katie? exact same position as the one that Cassie has? Weird coincidence. But they just have this connect, this... There are so many coincidences. The likeness. Yeah. Do They're you, tethered. Do, who do you think killed Katie? Because that's where this all started. Like, I know it started in the woods in 1985. I feel like Katie's murders, like, become, like, the least most important thing. John. Yeah. I do. Guys, I... Dad. Yeah. Guys, can you imagine if it was the fucking ballet teacher the whole time? It's the one person we never thought. Simone. Simone. Did we not think her? We did. We said she might have... Or she might have helped cover it up. thought she was trying to get get her over to England or something. Here's what I will confidently say. Jess. A Devlin. 
Mm. A javelin. It's a, it's inside the house. Guys, Rosalind is the one that we all like the most. I don't think Rosalind did it. She'd be more fucked up over it. I don't I know, think she's fucked up enough. But we Jesus like... Christ, she's fairly fucked up. How fucked up do you no, want her to be? No, no, no. I mean, <laughs> but like as in guilt fucked up. Yeah. Guys, we all, we all remember love her. Remember she said... <coughs> there's the cough. Do you remember that she said that... I like Rosalind Jess a lot. left in with her that night. Yeah. She's like, you know, oh, Katie needed her sleep. So she's like, so Jess... Was Rosalind jealous that Katie was getting away? And she was she, left. She tried to leave. That's the only motive I can think. Katie was getting away to go dance in England and Rosalind was going to be left looking after everybody. And, you know... Yeah, but you're left now anyway, you killed her. I know. You think it was accidental? But, uh, did something just go wrong? A Devlin killed her. And I think Alicia... Alicia... Put her yeah. in the woods. Yeah. She's yeah. on the road. Because Alicia wants to connect it back because she just wants justice just for her wants own child. A, 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 attention Remember back. we yeah. said that, that she was placed there to, to bring back up the 1985 case. Nothing other than that. Nothing other than that. Wow. I think that's yeah. right. There's, there's a lot There's to, a lot to find out. To tie up in a bow next week. Isn't there? Yeah. We're not getting a bow. And we're definitely Gosh. getting a series too. Oh, and a series three. Give it to me. Give it to... Yeah. I'm going to read the first and second book. After Same, I don't want to read the other books yet. Oh, I'm not until, reading the other books. Yeah, because no. I think... I do like the way we did. The other books can be early. I do like the way we haven't got a fucking Yes, yeah. and that we thought that someone might have morphed into being a wolf. Yeah, and the other books can be our little treats, like for when the episode is over and I'm yeah. dying for more of the story. Now I get to go back and read 700 yeah. pages about with these characters. Yeah. Okay, that's a lot to think about. Guys, I need to go home and like plug myself into a wall. I'm yeah. exhausted. <laughs> We're like, charge me. No, it's, I mean, it's really got our brains working again. Yeah. You do watch a lot of stuff and you're like scrolling on your phone. Like I watch this. That's why this I'm not really having every people that are like. of my detail, same. of my life. I'm like, of my and being. And we need TV. Like, I'm sorry. Oh, okay, it's a bit confusing, but we need TV that makes you go, no, I can't. I have to put my phone down. We're not having a conversation when we're watching this. We're actually going to focus on the program and then yeah. we're going to think about it and yeah. then we might watch it, it again. Like detectives. Why is that a bad thing? Also, that sounds like so exciting. We're all about TV worth talking about. This is TV worth thinking about. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know. My brain hurts a bit. <laughs> Same. You trying to impress Sarah Phelps? <laughs> Love you, Sarah. When are you coming come on, on the podcast? podcast. <laughs> we need you on Please next week, on Sarah. And we need... Um, also, wouldn't mind feeling on the podcast, uh, <laughs> Roz. I'm assuming he lives in Dublin. Will he can call? And I wouldn't mind Quigley oh. season two confirmation. Sorry, Quigley cracked the case. Quigley's in Marcella season three. That Dr. is Dr. Hanley. The happening, Dr. Hanley. Guys, yeah. we have to like pour wine all over ourselves after the finale next week. Dr. Hanley, be <laughs> like us getting on. What was the guy that we had on from Line of Duty? Uh, Alexander Nakiel. <laughs> I just feel like they're <laughs> so very similar looking. It actually do yeah. look kind of Aren't like they? Yeah. yeah. A million miles off each Absolutely. Other. We need quiggers. Yeah, we need quiggers. Anyone else who wanted to, I mean anyone, to be honest. The <laughs> yeah, taste from us as if we have a choice. Like Alana. I, I love Alana. Love yeah, great actress. She's an incredible actress. Yeah. The scene of the supermarket. What Is Alana gonna come back? I know that she's it's a nice kind of plot linker with her. Do you know what I that mean? That she keeps popping up. Like, d- like she makes me really nervous. So she, she was there to start. Sam and and Cassie had a fight over her about how they treated her, how her and Rob treated her. Mm. And then she's back and then about to blow Lexi's cover. Like, it's great. It's That's a great... she killed Katie Devlin? Nah, she's I'm only joking. Yeah. Guys, <laughs> right. wouldn't I wouldn't do it. I know. Listen, wouldn't guys, do it. All will hopefully be revealed next week. Yeah. So how long is this? Four and a half hours? 
Uh, this podcast? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, if you've gone this far seriously, well done. Like, are you okay? It went a bit. <laughs> it got a bit drift there the last okay. five. But we, you know, we needed to dissect every detail. Yeah. Okay, so we'll be... I just like going into the finale with strong <laughs> theories. We, we The whole reason we set up the podcast, don't, don't forget, is I that when we, when we can go to people... Oh, no, I said that. Remember? Yeah, I tried. to cover every single base possible. Oh, throw the net out, yeah. I try, and none of us you got the line of juicy H4 dots situation. Yeah. Never. So we're not... I don't I'm, think it's going to happen. I think I have it. A Devlin killed Katie. Yeah. Alicia put her on the altar. Yeah. Great. Uh, Hanley... The night of the party, yeah. Lexi got a phone call. Someone was up there wandering around because they're fucking freaks. Overheard the phone call. She was going, yeah, 300k. Yeah, I'll get them to sell the gaff. No bother. Turned around, stabbed by the tree, dragged up. That's what I think happened. Be shocked if didn't. And Rob won't know about that child. Thank you. Season two. It, imagine we can play this back out next week. And I'm Hannah going with that. Guys, I'm on words for words. What Hannah said. And I'm going to lie and you're going to feed me grapes and fan me. Well, I can't wait for that. Same, obviously. <laughs> All right, we'll be back same time, same place for the finale. Finale yeah. double bill. We're going to have to split the recaps three ways. Yeah, we'll yeah. split it in three. Yeah, yeah. we'll, we'll cut we it We can talk three. about this later yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah, we don't have to have a meeting <laughs> on the podcast. have a business meeting on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> this is TV worth talking about. So we want to hear what you have to say. Find Shrine Podcasts on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook at ShrinePod. 